All right. Here we go. Let's crack these. Over here, got a little spray. Sorry, Jocko. It's carbonated. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Welcome to Industry Maine. That's delicious. Nice. You like it? I like yeah. it. We didn't come here to talk about this, but Are this you? is. Yeah, this, okay. sure this, this is naturally sweetened. This is also launching in uh, a couple weeks. So we have a lot coming in the, actually in the next couple weeks. I know you're going to ask about it, but there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Uh, we've been looking forward to this for a little bit. It's going to probably be a little bit of a long one if people are used to the 60, 90 minute. I feel like this might go a little over, but uh, we're in industry Maine, right? In, this is industry. Uh, we're a town over now. So oh. actually I should say two towns over, but where you guys slept last night was industry Maine, okay. the original origin factory. And then you were in downtown Farmington and we were in Wilton, which is the original Jocko fuel headquarters. So we are visiting Jocko fuel. fuel. Awesome. Brian Littlefield. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, what's what's the date? Today is September seventh, twenty twenty three. Uh, we're visiting Jocko to talk about well, mainly the pre workout, but there's so much to talk about today. There is. So let's get into it. Brian, what do you do for Jocko? Where are you from? How did you get into here? Let's get the intro. Yeah. Long story short, um, when Jocko came on board with Origin in two thousand seventeen, Pete. Roberts, the founder of Origin, and I had already founded uh, the nutritional division called Origin Labs at the time. And we had bought a small supplement company that was focused uh, predominantly in the uh, jujitsu community, very niche. And we rebranded everything and, and rolled with that for about a year and then realized like we really need to, you know, relaunch this thing the right way with better formulas and new packaging and, and just, you know, do it the right way. But it was a good way to get our feet wet, and especially for me, coming from like the supplement store side of things, having having owned a small store, uh, being in the manufacturing and formulating side for the first time, getting my feet wet for that year was great. Jocko came on board in 2017. The timing was impeccable. He wanted to do a line the way we wanted to, which was like as transparent as absolutely possible, as clean in our definition as possible, and that's what we did and we kick it off in 2017 and it's been uh, a, a rocket ship ever since mm -hmm. now brian i want to back things up a little bit because our demographic is supplement consumers what is origin so like go back a little bit further for us please. so origin the um former parent company because the companies have since split but the former parent company started in the uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu community with geese which are basically the uniform or the kimono and they were actually originally, when Pete and Dedeco, the founders of Origin, when they created Origin, it was um, focused around performance and changing the gi and the kimono more, actually, exclusively. And it was all imported. And then Pete was actually a really good Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competitor, was competing in Abu Dhabi at the time, um, back when brown belts and black belts used to compete. And Pete was uh, together, which is crazy. And uh, uh, as a brown belt, he was like doing damage in that black belt division, facing uh, some of the best ever and doing really well. Uh, ultimately, when he was over there, he saw his geese, or what he thought were his his geese innovations, um, being ripped off. And so, when he realized they were being ripped off, 
he as a designer because that's what he is in in nature he's a designer and when he realized that he literally on the plane ride home he talks about it he's just like i'm i'm either gonna do this i'm gonna find a way to do this in the states or i'm not gonna do it at all and he got home and he called up some friends and family and they literally cut uh, a couple acres of land in in industry maine sought out timber frames and and built a post and beam uh what would be the micro concept factory that would lead to what origin is today which is an onshoring movement that started with brazilian jiu-jitsu and has come so far to the point where it's making all of its apparel t-shirts hoodies blue jeans uh, work boots hunting equipment uh, more training equipment uh, with the rtx line basically if you can think about it for men because it uh, hasn't expanded into the women's world yet but for men origin is is basically making it with a 100 percent domestic supply chain incredible so that we'll put some b-roll up on this video here because we we tour some of the facilities you have some facilities here in maine you also have north carolina about how many jobs would you say you employ for origin not talking about jocko fuel just yet yeah pro- yeah yeah somewhere north of 300 people that's incredible. Um, probably just shy of 400 i think if you put it together I think with Origin and Jocko Fuel combined, I think it's over 400, but a lot of those are in North Carolina with the expansion down there mm-hmm. with two facilities that ended up being, it was two factories getting merged into one as, as part of an acquisition. So, uh, and then those were basically, um, you know, uh, white labeling facilities like where people contract manufacturing. And so Origin bought those facilities and then turned them into manufacturing for Origin. It's really funny. We were watching, um, just some of origin content last night uh, and finding a lot of parallels with supplements. So when it comes to owning your supply chain, manufacturing something actually unique and different, um, that's something that we see. I mean, we talk, we've talked a lot today about what you guys do and what other people do. And there's, there's a lot of people who think they have this like revolutionary, innovative, special formula. And that's being white labeled for four other brands at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think in hindsight we should have had a, a a microphone recording the entire the entire last <laughs> five or six hours. But um, you know, it's one of those things. Like when on the origin side of things, when Pete decided to bring things back to the United States, he originally was focused on changing the gi and the performance. Like before the made in the USA thing became a mission. And, and really what I would say is the mission. And that's because the gi itself had not been changed in like what he considers thousands of years. Basically like the Japanese kimono forever has been the single panel giant cut because that's what they, that's the material they had to work with and nothing has changed since. So creating multi-panel, integrating performance fabrics, uh, it could go on and on and on uh, about the innovation. It's basically relating it to like a leather football helmet if we were still playing in 2023 with level f- leather football helmets, that's how it's looked at with other geese in the world right now because none of them have changed. So it's interesting on the origin side of things, on the Jocko Fuel side of things, we took the approach of like, we want to lead in certain areas and one of those isn't, like we wanna be, we wanna stand for innovation and we wanna stand for efficacy, but we're not gonna chase trends. And we're not going to try and chase the, 
as we talked about earlier, we're not going to try and chase the the trademarked ingredient trend. Like, what's the next best trademark, and then relaunch. Like, we don't hang our hat on trademarked ingredients or any particular ingredient, or or like anything that's going to be fleeting. We stand behind quality. We stand behind uh, our reputation. We stand behind the trust that Jocko has built for himself that translates to the product. And you know, it, it was in a brainstorming marketing session I said I think at the beginning of this year and it just kind of hit me but it's true and we've kind of held the the terminology it's people trust the brand because they trust the man Mm -hmm. and when you have that powerful voice like Jocko and it's not just like an influencer reputation it's not just like a you know not that there's anything wrong with like a gamer or a race car driver or sports player like those are all great and you know when you when you create a reputation this dude is like navy seal commanding officer then went and 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 taught the navy seals afterwards then went and started getting contracted to lead with fortune 500 companies for their for their executive teams then wrote a best selling book that sold something like 10 million copies uh, then a top like uh, a, a top podcast and then it just keeps going and going and going and a family man and it's just like most people are stoked to achieve any one of those individual <laughs> things and he's just like checking off boxes so integrity is part of like his brand that's the that's the brand it's it's trust transparency integrity and of course discipline and so having that discipline to be able to hold the line when for instance like when we wanted to make the energy drink we could only find one co-packer that was ready to give us line time that really checked all the boxes, the size that we wanted, um, would use the ingredients we wanted to use and would do it without chemical preservatives. They would do it pasteurized and they pushed us. They said, Hey, listen, you can always, because nobody else at the time had this ability to do this for us a couple years ago, right? I think it was 2018. And nobody had the ability to do everything that we wanted to do with the product. And we waited nine months for the pasteurization tunnels to get installed. Even though they were like, hey, we can put you on. We can use the, the, the sorbates and benzoates. You can change later. You can, you know. And we said, no. Like, we're yeah. going to wait. And we're going to hold the line. And that's what we did. And that's just, that's just part of that being disciplined that's going to, Represent the brand. If there's anything that I picked up, if it feels crazy, this has been one day really, but if there's anything I picked up today is that you guys are willing and happy to be in your own like little place. Like up here in Maine, you're kind of removed from everything, but metaphorically, you're kind of removed from the industry. You have like your head screwed on straight and you know where you're going and you know what you're doing and you're willing to like pursue that. And it's, it's wild to me because you, you owned a store and you know, you come from supplements, but understanding manufacturing of these, especially like cans, especially foods and beverages, like yeah. that is a whole nother skill set other than just, you know, most kids on TikTok today would tell you they could formulate a pre-workout and they'd be pretty, probably pretty close. But like understanding just what you're talking about, chemical preservatives, getting line time before you mentioned like aseptic lines for protein. Like there's a lot of nuances that like no one probably knows the words I just said. That's watching. So they're, they're, it's impressive that you guys have been able to pick all that up. Yeah, so it's it's um, 
there's a couple of things to unpack there of what you said, but you're, you're, you're right. We are in like our own bubble, which is kind of nice. Like at first you kind of look at it, you're like, Oh, these guys are secluded up there. They're like living in their own world or whatever. But at the end of the day, like that's been a benefit to us more than a detriment. You know, it keeps us focused on what we're doing. We don't get distracted. We don't get pulled into the mix of, of with other, with other companies. We don't go to too many industry events. We literally just do what we do. And we don't let it suck us off track from where we where we want to go. So, um, but you're absolutely right. Like nowadays, like educated, these young kids are educated around formulations a lot. Let's say pre-workout, for instance, they're going to tell you like how much citrulline should be in there, how much caffeine they want, what other stimulants they might want, what other maybe ergogenic compounds that they they might feel are are, are necessary, maybe what flavors they want to do. But like, understanding like you just said understanding go-to-market strategy product market fit understanding the um we were just talking about excipients earlier and flow agents and like understanding that deep dive which by the way was all like i came from the customer side of things but i had manufacturing experience through origin so it's all it's all widgets it's all making the same thing it's all lean it's lean manufacturing it's all processes and sops and when you just look at it like that, you're like, okay, there's manufacturing and then there's ingredient science and it's just the information's out there. You just go get it. I have a really good story about the, you guys don't go to expos thing. So earlier this year in February, I was at the sports and active nutrition summit in San Diego. And so Phil hooked me up with your team to jump into victory, get, take a class and, and say hi to Jocko. And he's like, you know, who are you? What do you do? Whatever. And I, I told him like, oh, I'm in, in town for a sports nutrition expo. And he looks at Ty and he's like, why aren't we at that expo? <laughs> and I, like, it was the most Jocko moment. Like before anyone had the chance to answer, he looks at the camera and he goes, oh, I know. Cause we're here training. And that was like the end of the conversation. Who said that, Jocko? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was like, it was perfect because like that was exactly like a metaphor for what we were just talking about. Like they weren't at the expo talking yeah. to other people in the industry. They were honing their own craft. Yeah. And, and like you guys don't do like the Arnold and the Olympia. Like, yeah, we don't, you know, and, and not to say that we shouldn't. We've talked about doing it next year now that we've moved more into because we've been a bit of a lifestyle brand than a sports nutrition, let's say gym culture brand. Um, we, we've just been more that we just haven't been that kind of, how would I put it? Like chasing the next trend and like the youth and, and there's something to be said about that and our success and the way we've been able to maintain that, um, customer loyalty. And that's been great. But at the same time, it's probably time. Like it's probably overdue that we break out of, uh, I wouldn't say our comfort zone, but maybe that we just say, okay, it's time to graduate and get out there and say, okay, like let's, uh, let's go disrupt some shit. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why we're here. And we appreciate you bringing us in for this trip. You have this pre-workout, which we got to try, uh, and, and talk about and everything. So you launch a pre-workout, you come and talk to price plow. <laughs> so we're, we're honored for that. Um, I guess my question is, so what is the Jocko fuel current demographic and the pre-workout, is that a different demographic? You're, you're trying to get into a different set of, of users or in a similar space, but like, where are we at and where are we trying to go here? Yeah, it's a great question. So our, if I was to say our, um, our demographic is traditionally between, uh, males between the ages of, um, the predominance is between the ages of 25 and 50. 
males, but we do skew as, as much as 30% female at times, just especially uh, depending on the skew. Mm-hmm. So um, Jocko does speak to everybody. That's the one thing about him. So he's not a YouTuber who speaks to, you know, 18 to 28 year olds. Like he, you know, whether, I mean, as the author of multiple best-selling kids books and a person who um, speaks to older people that are um, professionals that are like in executive positions that have been in the industry a long time. I mean, we literally make the joke of eight to 80. I mean, that's who he's speaking of people mm-hmm. eight to 80. That's so awesome. it, it's, it's broad who we can talk to. So what we really try and do and what I try and do a lot of as, as someone who's now head of product um, having stepped down from the role of operations after the last few years, I focus on what the customer wants and our customer, not like the broad customer or, Hey, I see this emerging market. That's not what I'm saying. But our customer has been getting louder and louder about wanting a more gym focused pre-workout. The pre-workouts we have currently, I mean, in that, in that gym culture, wouldn't be considered pre-workouts. They're definitely more endurance focused, stamina focused, a little bit of nootropics here and there. Um, some ribose, you know what I mean, for ATP, but like they're focused around like going and doing jujitsu, maybe a CrossFit workout, maybe a hike, rucking, those types of things that our, let's say, core consumer is probably doing more. Firefighter training, Mm -hmm. like those things, like you don't want to be, in my opinion, I wouldn't want to be in a fire suit sweating my balls off in in the hot summer sun with like an insane amount of paresthesia tingling through my body. (laughs) That's not the, I don't want my forearms and calves getting pumped to the point where I can't like, so we have those other products, Mm -hmm. they exist, but we've been requested by our consumer. So when that happened and when working with uh, Joe Moss, our head of sales, um, who's been a massive asset to the brand, when working with him, like we both agreed like, it is time that we build a classic type pre-workout and how do we position it? So that's, that's what we decided to do. And do we want to go into that market and eat market share? Of course we're going to do that, mm-hmm. but we built it for us and our community first. Right. Cause that firefighter, he's still training in the gym. Like there's still a lot of resistance training. Like if you're exactly. rolling BJJ all the time, most good athletes are doing other things, right? Like, and you're a black belt. So yep. we got the honor of rolling with you last night, which was fun. So yeah, it's a good was, time. It was fun. It's fun to get in. It's uh it's a new thing for me, but I, one of the things that I loved about what we did was like, we got in, said hello to you, and like one of our first encounters, like I've like I, Brian and I've known each other for a little bit now, but never met. Right. But when we meet, like having a physical physical alter altercation or like whatever, like doing it's that jiu-jitsu. with someone you're just meeting is yeah. such an interesting way to like to get to know someone. But uh, to to Mike's point, like when we first were kind of discussing, because um, anytime someone invites us out, we have to you know look at it, is 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 this on brand for price, blah 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 whatever. We, we were asking, like, you know, is Jocko's BJJ, like, type supplement community, like, do they need a pre-workout? And that, my first point was anyone who's into BJJ or any of these other, like, Leo, uh, uh, military, whatever, they're cross-training. They're lifting as well. And it's, it's funny to me because, like, pre-workout for most emerging brands is their first product. Yep. You guys have gone through a serious <laughs> amount of other skis before you got here. And that's, I, I think that's commendable. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And one of the early conversations uh, that we had as a, I, I call it the trifecta, Jocko, uh, Pete, and myself as the founders uh, of the Jocko Fuel thing was like, we're not going to, we're not going to enter a category for the sake of like, this is what a traditional brand would do. We started off with krill oil and a joint formula. 
Like who who does that? Mm-hmm. Why? Because Jocko said, I'm going to make what I, he literally said, we're going to make what I want to take. And if other people want to take it, well then cool. And of course we knew they would, but we didn't know how many people mm-hmm. would. So, so that was circa 2017. Jocko, did he like first come into origin and then at the same, it all have, kind of happened at the same time. A I mean, that's or? how we got introduced to him because he knew uh, as the Patriot that he is, mm-hmm. He knew that Origin was the only American-made gi manufacturer right. uh, at the time, uh, and still is. But he was like, "I want to be a, like someone link me up with these guys." Like, there's there's an old podcast of him saying like, "Hey, I can't get a hold of these guys," and and it's a funny story because he was like sending us emails and stuff, and we were just like head down trying to fix sewing machines, trying to keep the looms <laughs> running. I was running sales at the time, like uh, uh, putting uh, schools on programs. Like it was. In your madness. own room, like like in your own, like like to the whole point before, like when you you're like heads down like mm-hmm. in the trenches. Sometimes you miss that stuff. Which oh is, yeah, yeah happens. Thankfully, we didn't completely miss it because <laughs> uh, it's changed the trajectory of things. We're very thankful for for Jocko and his megaphone and the respect that he's rightfully earned to be able to mm-hmm. expand the platform for for both brands because that's what it has happened. Obviously, it has has splintered into two massively growing brands, both. Mm-hmm. Of which, you know, for the last few years were, you know, um, Inc. 500 companies. So mm-hmm. now I got goosebumps watching it because you just see like a lot of people working, a lot of people happy. Um, my family, I have a family with sewing machines and everything around. And so I get to see this and it's just like hog heaven for my mom, for instance, like and just seeing clothing being made here is a huge deal to me. Like I, I love it because we saw what 2020 can do to our supply chains um, and how, how fickle it could be if we don't have our own stuff here at home. And like, we can't change every single industry, but you took one industry and you, you brought it back and it shows that there's hope for that and that there is a market for it. And it's a market that you could barely keep like on the shelves. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, on, on the origin side of things, like we, we do everything that we can just to stay in stock because we make everything by hand, you know, from scratch on, yeah. on that domestic supply chain. We were talking about, we were just kind of like comparing notes on like Jocko coming in. I'm in, that, in the one video you guys posted last week about the manufacturing in America and stuff. It's there's, there's a snippet of Jocko in 2017 saying, uh, can someone get me in touch with, with, yeah. uh, with origin? Cause they're always out of stock. It's the only problem. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I know it and I was like, I wanted to get some of the RTX gear. Like they're still out of stock. Like it's, (laughs) it's, you know, demand is, is clearly so high. Yeah. Yeah. The RTX line, the training line flew like massively. Same thing with the hunt when we launched hunt. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. And, and of course doing so has brought in other amazing people to, to the, to the companies. One of which is Kip folks. He was the co-founder of under armor. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be able to to tap him and having been head of product over there at Under Armour, I can reach out to him and, and balance. I mean, I literally was doing that yesterday. Um, the video of him with, with his brewery thing is incredible. Yeah, and he has, he has you know, that's his, his thing that he's doing right now is his brewery down there in uh, Maryland. So big truck brewing. If you want some 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 good beer, we'll link in the um, uh, show notes all the stuff we're talking about these videos and everything. People can see the show sweet, notes. Sweet, yeah. So he's he's on he's on our board of directors as well. So he he's just been a wealth of knowledge. He's you know one of few people that have taken something from a basement like we did and grown it, and he took it to be a multi billion dollar brand, which is which is crazy. So um, we're I- we're lucky to have these people around. 
One of my favorite people, I thought you were going to go the different directions, uh, the Sornex pickup, your guys' collaboration with them. I mean, that, I know there's a lot of, um, you know, equipment manufacturers in America, but like Sornex, like just as a family and quality of people and what they give back to the community is such a great fit for what you guys do. Yeah, obviously the Sornex partnership is a, is a great, great relationship. Bert over there, the family-owned business, and, and the fact that they're building these iconic gyms for high schools and colleges around the United States. Like, they're, It's a great relationship. Yeah, I mean, another great relationship that we, um, you know, not to go down a rabbit hole, but another great relationship that we just established as being, uh, becoming the, um, you know, official energy drink and protein drink of CrossFit, Mm -hmm. of the CrossFit games and the community and showing up in a way that we just did uh, at the games, which I believe was the last year there in Madison. And really? Yeah, it do you is. know where they're going? I do, but I'm, I'm, I can't, I can't say it on here. <laughs> cool. um, I probably shouldn't even say that I know it, so I don't know it. I'm gonna get someone fired. We so. had a really busy summer, summer this summer. I really, I wanted to go to that show, but we've been so booked. Like CrossFit is such a cool. I don't do CrossFit, but I, I aspire to be that level of athletic. Yeah, you know, I've always had mad respect for it. Um, but after going to the games and meeting the athletes and seeing that stuff in person. Uh, I really do get the the whole fittest person on earth claim. Like it is, it is legit. Are there a lot of functional movements that I'm like, I'm not doing that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But the community was incredible. The, I mean, I really, we had zero. I mean, I can, I, I can literally, I mean that zero bad experiences with anybody like bad attitudes or egos or anything like that. Customers sampling the product, like, the reception was incredible, and I know it's because I don't know if I can name other names of other companies and stuff, but I, you, like, yeah, it's whatever. open here, so yeah, yeah. It, uh, transparency. I mean, obviously, we replaced Monster for as the official energy drink. Um, really, dare I say that? I, did I didn't that. know that they had that partnership. Yeah, I would never have expected that for CrossFit, and that's why it makes yeah. sense. It's it just wasn't a good fit. Like I thought, um, maybe Fit Aid. Fit Aid, I think maybe was like in the early days. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and some other brands that have had their presence in CrossFit. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where uh, Dave Castro, who's a former SEAL himself, who's like one of the OGs in CrossFit, pretty much the OG in CrossFit, outside of the old founder, is buddies with Jocko, you know? And, and as a former SEAL, like, it just made complete sense. And then, you know, we have... Um, I don't know what I would call him, uh, but he's a, a great friend of ours now, and I would say an advocate for us, which is Jason Kalipa, former you know CrossFit Games champion. So we've just got so much synergy with them in that community, and we didn't know how it was going to be received because you know it, it can be somewhat polarizing of a sport. When we announced it, and then when we went, we were like, "Holy, like this is this this made all the sense in the world," and that's yeah. like the biggest partnership we've done to date that's a big one like there i didn't know how big crossfit was until <laughs> i got the list of like all the they used to be boxes now they're gyms until i got the list of like all the gyms and all the participants and the demographics i'm like this is massive mm-hmm. like 
it massive. So it, it's been an incredible partnership so far. Yeah, I think CrossFit had like the, the hockey stick through the 2010s and everything. And then, so there's a little bit less noise in like the rest of the world. It's no longer controversial. Bodybuilding versus CrossFit was like a big YouTube yeah. video, for instance. Now it's just, maybe it's like slightly leveled off or the growth has slowed, but it's still huge. You know, it hasn't, it hasn't shrunk. It just went fast and now it's maintained. And the growth rate, it's interesting because I looked at the growth rates. The growth rates have slowed, but if you still compare it to like some traditional sports, mm-hmm. it's still exceeding by percentage uh-huh. year over year. It just, exactly, it did that hockey stick, and uh, but it's still growing. Like the amount of uh, gyms that are opening up, I think in like the next year is, is pretty astounding. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. It's marketable. There's style to it. There's personalities. Um, I see a lot of parallels with it. Mike always makes parallels to, with uh, with jujitsu, just in terms of like uh, community and marketability, and like you know, obviously personalities and influencers and brands. It's it's super marketable. There's also the team aspect. Like when you have the gym culture, like a lot of the gym culture mentality is like I'm going in with my headphones on, I'm head down, I'm doing my thing, and that's awesome. I used to be heavily in that before I got into jujitsu, and. But CrossFit is like, you're doing team workouts, you're doing programs, you're doing... So there's a lot of camaraderie there. And that goes a long way for keeping people consistent. There's also mm-hmm. a lot of positivity to it. Like you're building something. Um, when I was a powerlifter, you know, I was like bodybuilding before. I was just lifting heavy. Like there's a negativity to it. Like there's like a, like a, a, at least for a lot of what I see, like a darkness to it. Like going in and like breaking down the muscle and everything. But like you go to a CrossFit gym and you're training with other people and pushing each other and having fun and laughing about it, you know? I... Couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's. Um, Although I'm not laughing doing burpees, so I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna do uh, some of the some of the stuff. But no, burpees suck. Yeah, you want to throw some pre workout in? Let's we, do uh, it. Yeah, so this. let's taste it. That's why we're here. So we just we never mentioned it for the auto feed listeners. We cracked open Jocko Fuel Go, and this is the new blue raspberry flavor. Yes, yeah, so dude. I, I I've already can, finished this too. can. This is fantastic. And one of the things, one of the topics we're going to talk about here is the use of natural sweeteners. You've already talked about. There's no potassium sorbate or in here. Um, or is any this of those. a printed can? I'm sorry. Printed. So, oh, so you're still, we've transitioned to printed cans. Well, I do have to correct you because you your older ones are printed. There was just a sleeve over the print, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> well, and, that, and that's a whole story. And you, I was gonna, I was gonna go into that, but I didn't want to derail the conversation. But you mentioned the supply chain constraints around origin and what we felt on the Jocko Fuel side of things because we try to make as much as we can on the Jocko Fuel side of things in like we're about to launch our apparel line made in America mm-hmm. and on the Jocko Fuel side mm-hmm. and using a number of origin pieces but some others as well that we've sourced we try and do what we can on the supplement side but as everybody knows like the majority of raw materials are coming from Asia so it's like yeah, you know, yeah. it's pretty hard we had a situation, uh, and not to go down a rabbit hole, but we had a situation with cans in the middle of COVID where there was no aluminum in the United States to source. We were getting American-made printed cans, because that was our objective, and they cut us off, totally gone. And so we were like, what do we do? And so we had to import cans for a period of time, and we had to order a lot of them. And we ended up having cans that we that were like no longer up to date from an artwork perspective so we're sitting on millions of cans and we're like what do we do with them do we scrap them and send them to the scrapyard or do we over shrink them and so we shrunk them and we ran through them and that was it but you know like every once in a while someone would see it and peel it back and be like what this is uh, but <laughs> yeah at the end of the day like and that's part of just making that conscious decision of just saying like 
we didn't think it was a, a, a significant enough issue. We thought we were, if anything, we were being more sustainable than just chucking them into the right and in, into nowhere and getting recycled. I think yeah. we all know what that, what that means nowadays. <laughs> I like awareness. that. You, I, like I heard new, he air quoted that recycled words. <laughs> yeah. I like that your new printed cans are gloss. Most of the time you see printed cans. I was kind of like reaching behind me. You like a very like matte look to it. We did a matte. Yeah. Early on. Or so this we, is a sleeve too. So, right? yeah. so some, some things that you learn along the way when matte cans are flowing through the line, they tend to, as you would imagine, but you would never think about it before. If you've never done this before, they rub and they stick because they're not gloss, but when they're gloss, they flow against each other easy, more easily. So even though we got like these beautiful printed matte cans, there's scuff marks mm -hmm. all over them. Oh, I've mm -hmm. seen scuff marks mm -hmm. on yeah. And that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sucks. I thought that was from shipment. That's okay. That's it, I mean, it, it can, right. it can additionally do that. But yeah, when they're spinning on a high speed line like mm -hmm. that and they're just flowing, I mean, they're yeah. spinning. Mm -hmm. And when they're doing that and they're rubbing against each other, the, the mat is just, it's no good. So aesthetically, in, in, in a perfect scenario, we'd prefer mat, but we transitioned to gloss for a couple of reasons. Yeah, let's get this pre-workout going while Ben mixes this up. What I love about this is the, the energy drink we just had, 95 milligrams of caffeine, which enables all of us to do pretty much a full serving of pre-workout while we're drinking energy drink too. So Or drink six we, cans in a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, I'm the one who's always smelling the tubs as we open it. The smell coming. What this is the rocket oh, nitro pop. nitro pop nitro yes. pop flavor. Yeah, yeah, rocket pop. Can't bomb say that pop. Word. I'm sorry. Yeah. Can't say that word. You'll get sued. What's well, the the uh, bomb? The bomb. Pop. Yeah. The, the smell is absolutely incredible. Like the natural flavoring to me is just it, it brings such a better experience. Here we go. We got to have the talk. And I see <laughs> people still using bomb pop on their on their labels. I'm like, you're brave. Yeah, they'll come for you. Brave. Cheers. 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 Thanks for having us here. Nice. That's cool. So a bomb pop. Sorry. A, what are we calling this one? Nitro pop. Nitro pop. It's trademarked, by the way. New trademark. Trademark ni nitro pop. Very cool. Man. So that's a collection of uh, cherry, lemon, lime, and blue. Blue raspberry on the end, right? Yeah. I love, I get a lot of cherry. I got cherry too. Yep. I don't get a lot of cherry usually on like whatever you want to call this. On the, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Patriot pop Ch cherry, there's like a cherry, there's a hint of lime. One of the reasons why it's probably um, a little bit more cherry heavy is because when we, well, a couple of reasons. As we're developing it, we're launching the line and we've been a little bit more cognizant of that as of recent. So we launched uh, Sour Peach. Mm. So we're launching, I should say, launching. has been uh, a while in the making. Uh, sour Peach, Sour Grape, blue raspberry and the nitro pop so with the nitro pop being we wanted to differentiate it a little bit mm -hmm. move the flavor skew, skew the flavor a little bit in the way of one of those three yeah. and then move it a little bit uh, i also can tell how you unique. i can use, i can tell how you use that the flavors to cover up dynamine in there there's yes. a little bit of dynamine here and and mm -hmm. we're gonna talk about flavor for a bit i think in a, in a second i think we probably want to get to the actives in a, in a first but the actives in here create a very fun flavor system that you have to then work with, not really fight, but create something alongside. And you do that with your hands tied behind your back because you stick to natural sweeteners yeah. um, and flavoring. So you did an incredible job. I, I, I don't think I actually said like, this tastes great, especially for what it is. Yeah. Um, but not everything in here tastes amazing for like, for the record, for whatever people are going to like expect of your flavoring, like it's gonna be hard. The Raj, you mean? Yes. Yeah. 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 Like caffeine, we, we've been saying a lot recently. We take it for, super for granted how bad 
caffeine tastes because pre-workouts taste awesome these days. Ca- I mean, caffeine alone, never mind the other ingredients, but caffeine alone doesn't taste good. No. It's not easy to mask. Right. Um, We've just gotten good at it because it out of necessity. But Yeah, and I actually find uh, like a synthetic anhydrous is easier to mask than like a natural hmm. um, caffeine from coffee bean or from tea and ours being from coffee bean. Mm-hmm. Should we roll through this label right now? Yeah, let's talk about let's the see. actives. So, so uh, talk about what, the, what is the objective of the pre-workout? I mean, I think you kind of touched on that. But yeah, I think that's important because nowadays, like everybody's so educated. Like this isn't like our time war product where I need to like go. To, I mean, we're going to talk about the ingredients and the science and stuff, but like really it's a pre-workout. If they're listening to your channel, they probably have an idea of what they're doing. Yeah. So that said, it is, as I mentioned to you guys before, it is meant to be like, we want to replace your staple pre-workout. We want it to be your daily driver, the consistent product that you always fall back to. Yeah, maybe you're like, oh, I'm going to go try this boutique one with a crazy amount of like these new um, stimulants or hey, like there's this new pre that came out with 47 different trademarked ingredients. Listen, go play with that. Have fun with it. But when you are ready, come back home because mm-hmm. this is where we want you to live. And, you know, so there, there's those products are in, in, in the marketplace right now. And, you know, I even have uh, my old assistant who used to be downstairs with me. Her name's Erica. And um, she had her pro card. And she. The one we met this morning? No, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. She's in North Carolina now. Uh, But she was my assistant here um, when I was running all of operations. And she. She's a savage. And uh, she would like hide different pre workouts under her desk because we didn't have one. I was like, you know, I'm not going to hold it against her. But. She, even her, who's educated, who's like a hardcore twice a day in the gym before and after workouts, uh, before and after work, sorry. Um, her like fallback pre wasn't even that good. Like her staple pre, it was mm-hmm. just comfortable. Mm-hmm. It was just like, ah, oh, this has been around forever. It's comfortable. And so it's like. I know which one. <laughs> yeah, you probably do. It's like the number one selling pre-workout in the world. So um, that said we want to step in and we want to eat some of that market share and we want to do it how by creating a better experience by doing it more naturally in our in again everybody has their own definition of clean it's not regulated but in our definition it's cleaner uh and and it's also fully transparent right no proprietary blend all right do we have the launch date nailed down a little bit of so right now is september 7th i think we're pretty close at some point we're going to need to leak this label so let's just rock through it and yeah, I think publish the, it at the right time well, yeah i think the point of this podcast was to make something that we could share so i yeah no, maybe no, we should I have feel, him roll through the uh the sub facts panel let me just pull a lot up of times my, it's me reading it and that's not as cool as having the yeah I, I pull up the notes from my uh from my team to make sure i'm not releasing the wrong date um uh my understanding is it's on the 15th so it's a week from tomorrow awesome very cool and there's some partnerships for this launch too. I don't want to get too, I want to get back into the formula, but before we start that, uh, you guys are mentioning a certain store that's going to be leaning in with it. Or maybe we launch that, we talk about that later. Yeah, no, I mean, the the exclusive flavor, which we're sampling right now, Nitro Pop, this is going to be, ex- so the, they're taking the whole line, the four flavors, but this exclusive flavor is to Vitamin Shop. Uh, Vitamin Shop, awesome. we launched into Vitamin Shop in February of 2020, and then COVID hit in March. And uh, as the number one new brand of the year in 2020, as the um, battle of the brand battle of the brands uh, brand of the year this year, we've continued to build an amazing partnership with Vitamin Shop, and 
Uh, they have a great team over there. We've grown together and we have a lot of good things to come. And, you know, I, I would actually say, uh, if there's any retailers listening to this, you should take notice because like a lot of people, I don't know if we should talk about this, but you had mentioned, I won't mention who, but you had mentioned that there's a retailer that maybe thought that we didn't drive foot traffic. And I find that impossible to believe just given that Jocko can send a million people basically anywhere like off a cliff and they'll follow to a degree. So his podcast reaches more people than national network TV shows Mm -hmm. and they're listening directly in their ear to their brain. And I mean, literally, and it's direct to the brain and he's giving them a value added message that's benefiting their life on a weekly basis. And he's committing the time to write and, and, and prepare for the podcast. And he's doing three to four hours and people are listening. Millions of people are listening to it. So when he asks for a small favor, people clear the shelves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I want to talk about the battle of the brands thing for a second. Cause you guys, the battle of the brands is a, a very controversial topic that I've weighed in heavily on. Uh, Little known fact, I was like uh, back back in the day. I was at a brand, and we did a lot of. We were very active in contests, and mm. I I was around when they had come up with the idea. And we've seen it kind of grow, and there's been some controversial years with alleged cheating mm. um, and all sorts of stuff. But this year, like all of the you know mainstream exciting young brands got cut out, and Jocko came out on top. And there were some naysayers because Jocko again is in industry main and they keep to themselves and they don't go to the expos and they don't interface with these brands who you, you know, were expected to drive tons of clicks. But I was super proud that you guys pulled it out because I think you're super underrated in your consumption and in your following. And people don't realize like people think about sports nutrition. They think about meatheads in the gym. They don't think about what Jocko's brand has done for people's livelihood and health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where I was talking about earlier about the, a lifestyle consumer. Yeah. And we in the having previously came from that that meathead gym culture uh world we like even I don't like the name names uh but I'm going to do it right now anyway. Another brand that was kind of looked at like that years ago that I don't think really got the respect they earned. Now they've gone down a random weird path since, but they emerged heavily, but were never, in my opinion, accepted well into that gym culture world was on it. I felt like they were looked at as a lifestyle brand and it's very niche and they have these, nobody was really doing nootropic stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was just this comedian with the podcast who now has the biggest show in the world. <laughs> um, so like I, I look at it kind of like that, whereas they, and they, the one thing I will say is they never decided, Hey, we're going to go into that gym culture. We're going to penetrate. We're going to eat market share, which is what we're deciding to do. They kind of just stayed in that world. Um, so I look at it in a way similar to like that. I don't know what you guys think, but that's an incredible comparison. Mm -hmm. We have a little bit of a key in, we know some people who have, who've been on the inside there. Mm -hmm. I think probably the point where they got into a weird direction where they got misunderstood was when they started making toothpaste. Um, (laughs) But I didn't even know that actually. But <laughs> I should fact check that. I'm pretty sure they made some it of the, some of the other uh, some of the other products. Yeah, like where they were just uh, off the off the rails a little bit. And listen, I get it. Um, lifestyle though, like, like that's, but that's the key is like lifestyle. And they focused and they went all in on lifestyle. And not to say we're abandoning that. That's for sure. Um, but we have been put. I, I guess that we we've been from 
that gym culture world we've been put in this box like oh that's that's the jocko jocko fuel stuff the thing that's funny is that they can never talk shit about jocko though mm. they can't talk shit about jocko why because mm-hmm. the dude gets up at 4 30 every morning and gets after it he squats he does deads he's he's like throwing shit around first thing in the morning every single morning i mean and people people always ask me they're like is he you know is he really like that is he intense in person and like bro he is as like that as you could imagine that it that there is there is no such thing as a persona with him like it's just who the fuck he is that's just who he is and that's why it's so authentic and so he lives the lifestyle he consumes the product he is a meathead like he is literally throwing heavyweight around all the time like no he's not going to go flex in a mirror because he doesn't give a shit but he is going to like lift heavy shit and put it back down. And then he's going to go choke people out in the evening at jujitsu. But he's also a surfer. So like, he's also he a got surfer. some of that vibe too. Yeah. I gave, I gave Mike this take. This is my take on, on Jocko. I, I, I think if you watch enough of his content, you'll find it. But in my opinion, um, especially through the business side, you don't see enough of that other side of the balance. Like when I met him, I was like, he is a California surfer. Like he does play guitar with yep. people. Like he, he has a softer side. Um, and it's, when you see like like you look at the back of the bags of protein like 4:23 a.m. like it is yeah, super yeah. hardcore and gritty <laughs> and everyone wants to be that but there was also a moment where you're like he is also human and that's really cool yeah and at moments like there's times where where you know like some humor will come through and you'll see him smile and shit but it's um the the, the takeaway is like he is living that day in and day out and there's there's nobody I know that's like getting after it in life like he is. And I think that's the key is like, and how can you, regardless of what culture you're in, if you're in gym culture and, and, and like in that getting after it mentality, how can you not have mad respect for that? So I think it's interesting. I think it's because we didn't launch into those classic, we didn't, we didn't put products out there that fit within the mainstream. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what really got us like looked at as different. I think that's the key. And so what we've done is we've held the line and we've slowly made people realize, oh, these guys are here to stay mm-hmm. uh, in a big way. And, oh, maybe I should give their um, give their products a try. I mean, someone sent me a video like a couple of weeks ago. I didn't even know it. And it was before he launched his own thing, but it was like Seabum drinking uh, the pink mist. Cool. And nice. I'm like, and he was explaining why he liked it. He's like, because he's like, it's not a pre-workout. It's just something so... I can have a little bit of extra energy through the day. Low caffeine. Yeah. That's, he's, he's a fan of low caffeine, yeah. especially so. I love it because you see a lot of like celebrities come in, like, I want to make money, launch a brand, pre-workout first. Like, clearly not what happened. Jocko yeah. was like, I, I need a joint supplement. I'm getting after it hard, and we're not getting any younger. So then you, you launch a krill oil and everything. When it's, At what point did it start getting really serious where you're doing a lot of product development? You need to just drop out of origin. Like, what products came next? Yeah, so it was product development and it was operations. Like I said, I, I literally, because we were, we were this young, scrappy company and, and Pete and I are both like that. They're like these young, we're just like scrappy entrepreneurs. We're not big corporate um, like guys. That's not our background and that's not our skill set. Mm-hmm. So it was like, hey, we're going to be all roles that we need to be to succeed. And so it was like eventually like 
chunking away pieces. I mean, the first thing we chunked away was we hired a CFO and that was so uncomfortable for us, but we did it and it was the best thing we ever did. We still have him. His name's Don Miller and he's a fucking rock star. And like, boom, that's off the table. So now I can focus on this. So it was like slowly, slowly, slowly getting to a point. Like I didn't uh, take on product exclusively until, you know, January of 21. Okay. That was when I was like, but I was still doing it Mm -hmm. while, you know, running the business, essentially managing operations and fulfillment and purchasing and quality and and everything else. So we stayed very small. Um, I broke away from origin because I, out of necessity um, in, I think it was 2018. Okay. And I asked a question, but I think we probably should get to the label of the pre-workout. We should. We can, we, yeah, let's let's run. run I, I, got, yeah. I do have beta alanine tangles there. So uh-huh. if, I, if I didn't know the label, I would have been like, all right, there's clearly beta alanine in here. Yeah. So we tried to focus on, um, like I said, like tried and true in ingredients, six grams of, of citrulline, uh, not malate. If you really want some malic acid, it's in the flavor system. So <laughs> there you go. You can have it there uh, depending on wherever you land on, on, on L-citrulline versus citrulline malate. Um, it's not bonded anyway. There is no such thing out there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let you, I'll let you guys, uh, d- d- debate with the world on that one. But <laughs> we, we stuck with the, um, in my opinion, more tested L-citrulline. Um, and then, uh, 2.5 grams of betaine anhydrous, uh, 3.2 grams of beta alanine. There's 500 megs of, uh, carnitine, um, some theobromine in there. Uh, which you talked about hard to uh, mask flavors like theobromine, caffeine, and dynamine being the worst. And dynamine and flavoring naturally was definitely a limiting factor. At the same time, you know, I had to get Jocko comfortable. Like he is not a, he's also not a, as you can imagine, hence the energy drink having 95 milligrams of caffeine. He's not a high stim guy. That's just not, he's, he's not a, um, he believes in using it for efficacy, not, motivation there's a difference yeah there's people that that understand that you can use stimulants for the cognitive benefits and there's people that are like they need an absolute kick in the ass and i get it at the end of a long work day at the end of a long week like you need a kick in the ass that's cool for whatever biological reason jocko doesn't need that so he's never believed in Mm -hmm. in a crammed pre uh, or or a or a stacked energy drink. So, to get him to be to get him to be comfortable with this, it took a lot of work because like to go to 200 milligrams of caffeine, to to add in the 25 milligrams of dynamine, um, that was you know. And when he took it, he's, I mean, his literal response was because he's not used to this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, well, I don't know what cocaine feels like, but I'm guessing that's what it feels like. And <laughs> so that's so it, so it is 200 yeah. milligrams of naturally sourced caffeine from. Oh, I've got the wrong coffee thing. bean. Coffee, coffee beans. beans. Um, but you, yeah, I, I should have taken a picture. There's a sign somewhere in one of the buildings we saw where Jocko is there and it says no free dopamine. Yeah. You've seen that sign. So like yep. I, I, that kind of just brought me back to what you were just saying right there. Yeah. That's it, on brand. It goes back to everything. Everything is earned, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so that follows true with everything we do inside the organization and as it relates to all factors, especially, you know, products. So, um, I will say that. I'm super excited to be able to bring something having come from that world. I'm super excited for the first time to really be able to bring something outside of like, obviously we had so many requests for creatine. Like we literally, we we were never going to do creatine because we're not a me too type 
brand, but it's like, it's creatine monohydrate. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost needed at this point. Mm -hmm. And then with all the cognitive benefits coming forward, it was like, it just made, like it finally made sense to just do it. And we didn't even promote it. We just like threw it up and it was just like, and so many of our customers wanted, you know, they were buying it from somewhere else. And that's where we've wrapped our head around doing things that are like less so, um, I don't want to say less innovative, but like more cookie cutter is, well, if our people, there are people, if they're going to somewhere else to get it mm-hmm. from someone that they maybe don't trust as much, why wouldn't we just supply it to them? Especially yeah. if it's safe and it's backed and, and, and time tested. Like, you know, a lot of brands like to sit on authenticity and I really respect that you guys came out with a very set group of SKUs that like Jocko used. But exactly like you said, if it's something that is going to be a staple, I mean, we talked about this during lunch, like everyone in the world can use creatine. And, and if they're going to get creatine somewhere, this guy's putting drugs and supplements and going to jail. This person's corporate America or whatever, and the money's going back overseas. And I know that, I know you guys are profiting off creatine monohydrate, like, but I want you to profit because I know you're hiring Americans for all these business operations. And I know that Jocko is the real deal. So like having, I think you, you need to walk in with that, like, badge of honor and say like listen it's better that we take a little bit of that profit than someone else and there's quality assurance as well yeah right right? like we we know we can get we can go down that as well like you guys have testing procedures and like they're like like you know it's gonna be safe we want you to your fans want you to succeed to succeed and they don't want to give their money to people that might not have the best interests yeah i mean you guys got to see it today and i know you've toured a lot of other brands and facilities like we um i i think to my knowledge like we have as good as any, as far as on the brand side of things go, I think we have as good as any um, of a of a health safety program as anyone in the industry. Even for being, you know, I wouldn't call us a small brand anymore. We're definitely more medium sized, um, you know, headed to large because um, that's our mission. But like, I truly stand behind our our health safety and quality procedures and and, and policies, and that's obviously that trickles down massively from the trust perspective from from Jocko. Like we have to have that on our shoulders. You're definitely being humble about the distribution as well. Like when you talk about where you guys are available and especially if you're including the cans, like I I think the cans is probably a big differentiating factor. We're talking about size of brands, but you know, I don't, I don't consider you guys to be a small brand when you look at the shelves that you're on and the the presence that you have. And I'm assuming your direct consumer is extremely strong given the there's a podcast that pushes it. Right. Yeah. Our direct consumer business is, is very, large our amazon business is very large um we we kind of call them both direct consumer even though you don't have that customer data right that's the whole battle but at the end of the day like people shop on amazon they're they're going to go to amazon so uh, we one of jocko's early missions was be where the customer is Mm -hmm. where our customer is where his podcast listeners are where his book readers are be where they are to supply them with healthier more efficacious products that they can trust and so if that's the mission, then we need to be everywhere. And we're not there yet, but thank you. Uh, we, we, we have definitely, you know, like I said, I mentioned Joe earlier, and we've expanded our team uh, to some other great, great people, and they've helped expand that, uh, that distribution. I gotta give a big shout out, your boy Chaz. Yes. New pickup for you guys, but longtime veteran. Been friends for him a long time. And, and it, those are the kind of people, like I, like I kind of brought this up before, seeing you guys partner with the right kind of people has been so validating because you see a lot of brands pick up 
sponsorships or whatever, like uh, people that will drive the bottom line. You know, um, you guys just announced last week you picked up Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel is like one of the greatest wrestlers of all time in America, but he just recently has become a, a great show in the UFC. Had like a first round, like under two minute knockout at a big fight a couple weeks ago. A couple, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, he's had like four, but like he had a big one a couple weeks ago. Gets the microphone, and the first thing he starts talking about is like the importance of being a good father and a good man in America. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you've got, I mean, I love the excitement of MA and everything, but you've got a lot of characters that like to get controversial and whatever. And like you guys are picking up people that want to spread incredible messages. Your team is all quality people. Like, that's not easy to find in sports nutrition. So it's great to see you have a good team as well. Yeah, we've been really picky. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're really picky. Chaz is, is interesting because Chaz came to us from the ingredient side of things. And when I found out he was a free agent, like, like you just mentioned, I was like, we're scooping him up. <laughs> like he's just, he's, because he's a fit, he's a good fit as a human. Yes. You know what I mean? Like in, in skill sets, like, like not that he doesn't have, I'm just using him as an example not that he doesn't have a good skill skill set he has a great skill set especially for the role that he's filling but regardless even if he didn't have a good skill set having a good attitude like that's irreplaceable like you can't teach attitude you really can't um you can work on it but like mm-hmm. when someone's just a, a good human um I'm like okay they have industry experience they're a good human bring them on the team like let's let's get them, and so we've done that with a number of people, and that's really helped us. And and even on the athletes, and we don't have a lot of athletes. Obviously, we're not a huge athlete brand. We're not throwing out sponsorship deals to to everybody. Um, we we have a lot of athletes, and 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 you know bodybuilders and influencers and even celebrities that reach out to us because they want to work with Jocko, but then ultimately they throw out you know, and we're like, hey, cool, no, we'll send you some product. Like we just don't pay people like that. Mm-hmm. We just why because it's inauthentic mm-hmm. you know and yeah. so not that people shouldn't get you know um like if that's what they do for a living great that's awesome you know but we tell people like you're gonna go get a better if you're looking for a paycheck you're gonna go get a better deal from someone else well like, so just, it's funny one of our like one of our biggest criticisms people give us is like we, we get paid for content for a decent amount of, like we have to put food on yep. the table right um the way i met you was go i literally went and bought cans and did a video myself because yes. i'm a supporter of jocko um, we rarely talk about natural, you know, f- flavoring and, and all that. And it's like, why not, you know, why not get out there? And, and it, it was, you know, you guys are, I think I consider you to be a large company. Like, you know, I didn't get right on your Rolodex right off the bat, but it's like, Hey, this is a video and you start to nurture a relationship and mm-hmm. it's not just like, Hey, give us a sponsorship. Like it's similar to like athletes or anything like that. We see it all the time. People just DMing a company like, here, give me a sponsorship and I'll post your stuff. It's, 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 it's gotta be more than that these days. It has to be authentic. Yeah. I mean, the, the customer, much like the, the consumers have been smart about ingredients now, especially in that, in that culture, they're getting smart about like, this person's just a paid actor. Right. So we definitely take more, when, like when someone comes to us and there, and we have some really big names right now, um, that are coming to us because, they are fans of Jocko and now they know what Jocko is doing and that level of like transparency and discipline and quality that we adhere to. They want to be involved. And um, these people that would normally be exorbitant amounts of money are just like, no, I just want to be a part of the team because this is something I can get behind because in this space, as you know, there's a lot of shady shit and Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it has a reputation. So unless you get in with someone that you, can really like 
think about it, like take home to your mother, then do you really want to, uh, do you really want to partner with a brand? Or are you going to be known as that person that like hops around from brand to brand to brand? Mm -hmm. I think these last few years, I think we've realized how important it is to find your tribe of people. And um, in BJJ, you already kind of have that that tribe. And like I, I talked to Ben about it last night. Like it's awesome to just physically, you know, I'm sitting at a computer all day long. So like physically being able to engage with a bunch of dudes is like something that is primal in us and that, that we need. And even if we're online it's still awesome to be part of the tribe with the, who's doing the same things that you believe in and everything. So it's not even surprising at all that you have people that want to be part of this. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, back to the head down, staying in your little bubble, unless people are going to try and fight their way into our bubble, we're not out like with, you know, feelers, like trying to pull, mm-hmm. pull people in. So it's cool. It's a good place to be. Um, we're, we're happy about it. Um, and you know, and just, we're just going to keep riding the roller coaster. So let's dive a little deeper. The people that watch our stuff are familiar. Like we, we talk a lot about ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my favorite things about Brian is that if you watch his content, whether it's his Instagram or it's more Jocko stuff, like if you, if someone asks you a question, you come with the receipts, like you cite studies, you'll literally post on the video, like a screenshot of the abstract or you know, so people can mm-hmm. find it. Like. I, I don't know where we can jump in on this, but like, well, I mean, you, you just mentioned it. So one of the, one of the goals of ours was anytime we're going to launch a product, um, there's going to be some piece of clinical literature that is, is attached to that. Now we obviously try and like look at the hierarchy of science. So if is is there a meta analysis? Is there, you know, a, a gold standard study done? Is it, you know, all the way down to something that's observational or maybe if it's done in, 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 in rodents and, and uh, insects or something. But where I'm going with that is, this is from from a macro perspective i'm talking to the to the industry that knows i i understand that but i think it's important to mention like that we don't have i've seen some videos recently that have come out that have been like big nutraceutical industry is like you know on par with the pharmaceutical industry i'm like you're out of your fucking minds <laughs> if you think that we have the disposable income and the funding to fund the clinical studies and to push shit through the government like big pharma they're, they're, you're, you're missing many zeros and commas, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is it a big industry? Is, is supplements and sports nutrition a big industry? Absolutely. It's not big pharma, big. Mm-hmm. So we don't have the funding. Brands, co-packers, ingredient companies, uh, suppliers, developers. Like, is there money? Yes, but not big pharma money. So we lean on what we can and what we have. And me, as someone who definitely loves the science side of things. Like I'm always going to try and see a little bit ahead of the curve. Um, but at the same time I got to go with like what is reliable data. So that's what, that's a foundation for the efficacy of which we formulate with. And then, so we attach all of that information to like when I hand off a product brief to our marketing team, like it has the the clinical literature for each ingredient that's associated, which is then going to make its way to our webpage and, Mm -hmm. and, and hopefully Amazon. Yeah. When it comes to, I'm sorry. Well, when it comes to pre-workouts, I feel like these ingredients, like you can talk about the hierarchy of science, like I don't know if, if these would be the top six ingredients in terms of amount of literature, but these ingredients are pretty high up there. Yeah, aside like, from protein, I think they are almost. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, outside of creatine, um, no, really, obviously, yeah. and, the, and that's a whole debate whether that should be in or shouldn't be in a, a, a pre-workout. We don't need to. We can um, have it. <laughs> <but we> can, <laughs> let's get into this first. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like let's um, aside like 
let's let's table that. But aside from that, um, let's say you don't. Let's say you're taking creatine on a regular basis, which should be, and then you don't need it in your pre workout. That's that's the simple way for me to mm-hmm. to to put it to bed. Is this would be my you know this would be my list with with the exception of a few other things that come to mind. But at the same time, we really didn't want to overbake it. We didn't have to want to make it too expensive. We also wanted to be able to make it commercialable because we do believe that there's some big retailers that are going to want to take it or a variant size of it to market in a big way, uh, especially with some of the things we're doing um, from a, a company and brand marketing perspective that are emerging. One of them's CrossFit. There's a few other things lining up. So, you know, if we're, back to like if we're not on someone's radar already, we will be within the next 12 to 24 months. So, okay, to kick it off right, I think one of the first comments might be the caffeine dose. 200 milligrams at this point is less than average. So was this purely Jocko-driven, or do you have other reasoning, like because your demographic doesn't want to get zapped? Yeah, so it's a blend. So it's, um, number one, what would Jocko be comfortable with in mm-hmm. a single serving? Mm-hmm. And number two, we can recommend two servings. I can recommend two servings and still be under the, the FDA daily limit mm-hmm. there's a lot of brands out there right now that are putting 250 350 and they're recommending multiple scoops they're they're crossing a threshold that i don't believe they should be hmm. that's up to them mm-hmm. they are they will have to live with or without those consequences if they ever find home but at the end of the day i'm gonna follow the guidelines why because that is our brand standard period so we push awesome. the limit of what it can be and if someone really wants 400 milligrams of caffeine, 50 milligrams of dynamine, 6,400 milligrams of beta alanine, 12 grams of citrulline, and a double scoop, fucking hammer it. That's actually a legit dose because that's like where citrulline kind of tops out. And then that's where, yeah, that's, so that's the caffeine safety limit. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. And then beta alanine, yeah, there is some additional research on 6.4 grams too. So if people want to get after it, they can. And it's not a 20, it's a 30 serving tub. Yes. So if somebody wants to double scoop it and that's what they need, um, you know, let's say they're getting uh, three to four hard workouts in a a, a week. I don't know. Maybe it's mm-hmm. the maybe it's the perfect fit for them if they need a double scoop. It's okay. even better if they need a single scoop. The thirty serving thing is is a, a big differentiator in this industry. There's a lot of people who like are like oh, I want thirty servings of everything, but like for me, I don't think you should be training seven days a week. And at least I don't think that you should be weight training in a high intensity fashion where this is like applicable seven days a week. You know, maybe you're hitting some conditioning, you're hitting jujitsu or something supplementing with that, but I probably wouldn't take this. But I'm not using that product. Yeah, exactly. And I would agree with you. I think if you're, if you're structuring your, your, your sessions appropriately in a week and like, listen, there's always going to be the guys out there that are like, I hit the gym hard seven days a week or five days a week. I think that's awesome. If your body loves that and that's for you. Cool. I think the average person and the data shows with the number of sets and reps that you need to hit uh, to, uh, uh, to stimulate hy- hypertrophy at an optimal level, you do not need to be in the gym five, six, seven days a week. You just on a heavy lift. You want to be hitting cardio. You want to be doing some endurance based stuff. You want to just be there to be there. Cool. But do you need to be pumped and stemmed out of your mind five, six, seven days a week? I don't think so. But hey, like teach their own. Yeah. So, um, why do you hate sucralose so much? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So one of the standards that we established early on with Jocko was, um, he wanted to keep it as natural as possible. So, um, 
at that time, you know, back in 2017, um, excuse me, the really, really the only options were stevia and, um, monk fruit Mm -hmm. outside of, uh, sugar alcohols, depending on how you feel with that. But we've always stayed away from sugar alcohols because it's just, it wasn't really our thing, you know, take it or leave it. So it was like monk fruit, stevia, or some form of like sugar or honey or agave. And he didn't want to like, he didn't want sugars. So it kind of gave us two choices. So I preferred monk fruit at the time uh, with the different magricide contents, um, many of which ours uses 50%. And so at that time, that's what we chose. And all of our early products were were sweetened exclusively with monk fruit. That was hard. That was really hard. Price-wise? Price-wise, the flavor itself is the sweetness flavor of monk fruit is good, but it's not fully rounded to mask a lot of active flavors. Mm -hmm. So it had its limitations. Mm -hmm. Then came allulose in more of a more commercialized way. And then Rebem from sugarcane. And it also sort of backstories into the Brazil sourced, um, uh, that's cool. You know, with Brazilian jiu-jitsu are in our roots and heritage. So it, it just kind of like, it was cool to pull in and experiment with. And it was recommended to me by some, some industry friends. And so we pulled it in the lab. We played with it. And I was like, yeah, this stuff's pretty good. Uh, especially when combined with monk fruit, what we've really found, not that I want to give everybody the secret in my opinion to, 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 and this product doesn't necessarily use it. Like we have some other products, but for me, the trifecta is, is Reb M in a, in a particular ratio is Reb M, um, monk fruit and allulose. And that really makes up for, uh, the need to use the ACE K's and the sucralose and, and those mm-hmm. other uh, artificial sweeteners. Um, I mean, we're f- like freely drinking the pre-workout in the can here. Like I'm not wincing, <laughs> sipping this, you know, like, like I think. Your early cans. Oh, they were rough. I mean, it's like, I, I no, they were rough. Like, but like, but like you're like, I want to support Jocko. Yeah, I'm yeah, drinking yeah. this. I know thing. it's healthier. Like, I know it's better for yeah, me. Yeah, like, like, you know, I understand. I still want to get you on on uh, quoted with with talking about the the sucralose part. But like, I understand. <laughs> I'm gonna get you ripped up. But I just know I want to get into it because I think <laughs> you have a great argument for it. I want to. I, I I want that to be a part of the concept. Let's do it. Um, but like. One of the things that I have felt over the last years, like, and I, I'm very into like commercialized foods, like I think it has to happen, but like I, I try to simplify my nutrition, right? Like, I'm not too worried about GMOs and, and processed foods, but I try to have as few ingredients as possible, and I try to have them as whole food as possible, cl- as close to the earth as possible, and like even like with pre-workout and supplements, people might think that I take 75 supplements a day, like I used to, because I was super into the technology and the information, and, and then eventually I was like, I want to simplify this all to a point where I know every single thing that I'm taking, and that's where I've really gotten into Jocko's products. Is they're all simple, they're all straight to the point. I don't have other than your time war. Time war is not simple at all. Um, but I feel good drinking your energy drinks because I know it's fermented cane sugar. I, I first, first of all, I just think that's great. Like yeah. I think just getting back to just straight sugar, something Mike and I have been. Yeah. Out. Well, so Reb M is found in stevia, but it looks like you're sourcing it. It is from fermented cane sugar. Yes. So some people don't want stevia anywhere, and this is not from stevia. So that's what your Reb M. Yeah, and that ingredient. isolated sweetness that mm-hmm. that Reb M that you first it was what Reb A. There's like the, there's a whole the, list you get to like cite a study from, from yeah. stevia. Yeah. Um, you can get a Reb M from stevia, and 
a lot of people swore that I would never tell the difference, but I pulled it in. You guys got to see the lab today. Mm -hmm. We pulled it in. Reb M with Stevia, Reb M from Sugarcane, and I believe that we could tell the difference. Hmm. So we were, we were, and I believe it was better. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this is great. We got to go um, back to the lab and try it now. <laughs> yeah, if I still have some, it's it's old and probably expired. But uh, the stevia. But um, at that point, when we were testing that, we, you know, made that you know conscious decision, and that was a big one for us because our customers knew us for monk fruit only monk fruit only that was our thing and they were willing to sacrifice flavor they were willing to sacrifice taste and i wrote up a whole thing that was distributed to like all of our customers it shipped in packages it went out in emails and i was like listen like here's why we are going to support including this and we i don't think we had a single piece of lashback not a single customer complaint was this the recent reformulation on the cans or was this previous to before that this is We've gone through a couple of revisions. Okay. So that was probably the first revision where we introduced RebM in general. Okay. Uh, that was probably that first one. Because we, I honestly thought that people were, because people were so loud about it being monk fruit only, like they were advocates, that I thought that we were going to get a lot of pushback for introducing another one. And so maybe it was because of the clear messaging and, and getting mm-hmm. in front of it, hopefully. But uh, nevertheless, we, we got no, no, there were some diehards that, were pissed off about flavor, which is hard to believe, but they were like, Hey, I, uh, you know, I, I, I really think that, uh, the old, you know, da- the, one of the flavor names is Dak Savage. I really think the old Dak Savage is, uh, better. I'm like, well, listen, you're one of very, very few and we're sorry, but stock um, up. I kind of yeah. get it though. Cause like as your revisions have gone through, I've had some of the older green apples and the mango and like that, natural twist mm-hmm. that some people don't like and i can understand why they don't like it at first like i came to love it like yeah it's part of the flavor and i like i ended up liking it um i i we we drink so many energy drinks that i get like sucralose out like i i'm like like it's so sweet it's so harsh like i'm sure it, it, it's awesome for most people but eventually i get tired of it so will you go on the record and say that you've you'll never use sucralose in a jocko fuel product not while i'm a a, a partner not okay while i'm still head of product and can you tell us what your grievance is? Aside from Jocko wanting it natural, what are your other grievances with sucralose? Um, so the fact that we have it as, an, as a brand standard is number one, and that's easy. For, so it's like an easy. It's like, yeah, no, just no. Like every time we've ran up against that wall with a co-packer or a flavor house or something, it was just always like, no, this is. So it literally became part of our, like when we would hand over a brief, it would literally become part of that brief of like, these are the things we don't use. And mm-hmm. they'd go, oh. You know what I mean? So, which is one of the reasons why we don't have bars yet. And we can talk about that later if you want, or maybe another day. So one of the big reasons why we don't is because, listen, I don't think sucralose or ACE K or any of these are going to necessarily kill you. And I don't think they're going to give you cancer immediately or anything. But what we do know is this, and I don't even want to use the word disrupts because I think the word disrupts gives a negative connotation that I don't think has been fully proved out yet. But we know that it changes the gut microbiome. It does change mm-hmm. or alter the gut microbiome. True. Whether that's for the good or bad, I don't believe we know. But what I do know is this. I do know that, like you, we have tried to take a position of, let's, we're not going to die on the sword of like everything has to be non-GMO and organic and natural, but let's lean that way. Why? Because I think it is, I think the data shows 
if we lean more natural and we opt for that decision when that is in front of us, when it's available, I think you're going to have better health outcomes. So when we're doing that, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to steer clear of some ingredients that may or may not be suspect. And one of those ingredients, in my opinion, is sucralose. And we've seen some big brands move away from it. Why? Maybe it's cost. Maybe it's manufacturing. Maybe it's... uh, But when you take one of the top-selling sodas in the world and you see that they transitioned away from sucralose and went back to uh, aspartame, you have to question and wonder why. When they are... like many, many, many multi-billion dollar corporation, why are they making that shift? And that to make that shift is steering a battleship. It's not a dinghy. So to do that across an entire organization like that, why are they doing that? Maybe it was to save a penny and that maybe that was worth it. I think it's deeper. And so the argument is, oh, well, sucralose and and, and uh, the metabolite, what, what is it? Sucralose 6-acetate or something. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, well, it's only, it's only shown to have carcinogenic properties in, in, in a Petri dish. Well, okay. So you're saying because it, we don't absorb it in the body, it doesn't float through our bloodstream, that it's not necessarily going to cause cancer. Okay, well, what the fuck do you think your mouth and your tongue and your esophagus and your stomach lining and, and, and your, your intestines and your colon, what do you think that is? I understand it's not sitting there all day long and penetrating, but if you are sipping on something and a lot of people who have a soda addiction, a diet soda addiction or an energy drink addiction, and they're sipping that shit all day long, that is coming into contact with your cells. So that is a little bit of a fucking Petri dish. You're hitting, you're hitting us on something that, um, I'll go back on the record. I don't have a problem with sucralose on paper. Like, you know, we, we talked last week about the leukemia study and it, it, it doesn't, it does not seem like acutely it's an issue. Um, it takes a, an incredible amount. Like, what did we say? Like 10 X of a 50 bottles of pre-workout at one sitting to like, you know, whatever, but we're taking this every single day. Like you were, you were talking about sipping. I kind of extend the, the conversation a little bit more. Like this is a habitual product usage. And that's a little bit more of my concern is the long-term effects. Cumulative, yeah. Accumulative of like taking this over time and it building up in my system. That's something I'm going to say again. I'm curious about this. I'm not saying, I'm not condemning it. Anyone that listens to this and and is a sponsor of the channel like might get worried that we're going to go anti-sucralose or something. I I still consume it. So like I can't really talk that much. But like I have certain curiosities as we create content and learn and stuff. And that's something that I think about, especially like someone like, us or uh, well, you don't consume sucralose regularly, but like who's doing this regularly? Like what kind of accumulations are happening? That, that's more my concern because we're healthy people, of course, but your general pop in America is drinking soda every day or energy drinks every day. And, and I generally think like we train, we eat well, we eat a lot of, you know, we stick to whole foods and stuff. I feel like I generally put my eggs in the healthy basket and I feel like that kind of offsets a lot of these things. But for a lot of Americans, they're not, you know, they're slamming energy drinks and sitting on the couch. Yeah. Well, you hit the, you also hit the nail on the head. A lot of the literature and the funding around it to be able to bring one of these ingredients, these new ingredients to market is particularly focused on the dose makes the poison side of things. So it's like, okay, what's the LD 50 and at what dose does it become carcinogenic? Almost none of these studies because they're not forced to are looking at long-term exposure. So it's like, okay, let's look at the short-term exposure and saying, what is the damage? We're not looking at that uh, accumulative damage over time. Mm-hmm. So 
unless it's observational and, and right now it's like, well, what do we have to look at? Well, colon cancer is on the rise. What, what are the reasons behind that? We know one of them is because, uh, and I think that we, we can probably agree on this. I know I certainly believe it is the overuse, uh, in the eighties, nineties and two thousands of, um, antibiotic medication or recommendations. I mean, you, you would go, I remember, remember the nineties for every little sniffle you go in and throw you on an antibiotic. And now everyone's guts are jacked up. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, what happens when you, when you, um, disrupt the gut microbiome, you significantly increase the risk of, of cancer. Um, so that is one of those reasons. But when you introduce a bunch of chemicals and you know, all things are chemicals, mm -hmm. I'm not saying chemicals are bad. I'm just saying when you introduce chemicals, that have been shown to have these effects in a petri dish and you're going to consume them all day long for years to expect that there's going to be no negative effect i think is and maybe maybe i'm the dummy in in the room you know and and i don't mean this room i mean like uh, metaphorically speaking okay that's cool but guess what you know what i won't do i won't be that test subject Mm -hmm. I'll choose the healthier option, in my opinion, the cleaner option. So that's where we go with it. It's like, I don't go out and, and, and this is actually the first time I've ever really said it publicly mm -hmm. about sucralose because I don't demonize it mm -hmm. because I actually think that all basically non-nutritive sweeteners are amazing for people because I think obesity and, and, and weight loss and uh, insulin resistance and, and, and metabolic issues excuse me, are a, a much larger concern on a broad scale. So I think that they can be such an amazing tool to, to reduce caloric intake for people and they can be such a good support system. So I don't want to demonize them from that perspective, mm -hmm. but as a brand and as a formulator, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Everybody else, you can do that. You can do you. And I'm not going to go on the offensive and try and tell and, and take them down. I'm just going to give people an option that I feel like is cleaner. That's it. Yeah, ultimately, I think as we get into this, we start making life bets. I mean, we're all like, whatever, not Ben, but we're halfway through our lives, let's just say. And so we start, I've made life bet that I am betting my life that eating a lot of red meat is healthy, that saturated fat and cholesterol are not unhealthy. I've, I've bet my life on it, and mm -hmm. that's pretty much what we do. So what I like is that you make your bets, and I, I'm, a, I'm a less is more kind of person. The less nonsense I throw at my liver, the less work it's going to have to do and the more work it can do on things that are important and mm -hmm. everything. So what I like is that you're consistent through the product line. And so people can make that like quote unquote life bet with you, knowing that if you have a Jocko fuel, you're going to have the same formulator making the same bets with the same people. And it's consistent and because sometimes we see, oh, you know, if we can get away with doing doing natural sweetening, we will, but otherwise we got to go sucralose. Okay. Well then you have a product line that's just got a little bit of everything. And now you don't have a less is more situation. So I, I like that you've chosen your lines and you stick with them. And then people who want to go for that ride with you, they know that they could pick up any Jocko fuel product and they're going to get Brian's bet basically. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly it. And because we hold that line, like they know that throughout the product line, there's no, there's no fluctuations of, of, um, you know, I guess discrepancy, like there's, there, you're not going to get one with this thing that we say we don't use or one with that thing that we say we don't use. Like it's clear across the line. And, um, you know, in the past it's been a hurdle in the past. It hasn't been the easiest, but it's been an advantage for us as we educate more people and as people become just more conscious of what they're consuming. And so because we're being, 
because we're becoming known as the brand who has done it, it is starting to win for us in a big way. And I'm hoping that, you know, there, there's probably some out there. Like, I don't know of every product, but I can't put my hands on any pre-workouts to the masses that are doing it naturally flavored and naturally sweetened. Mm-hmm. Naturally flavored, obviously more expensive. I think when done right, the natural flavors taste so much better. It's just whatever, 4X mm-hmm. the cost or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I would I would agree. There might be some There's like one-offs here and there, but not. Someone's going to comment that it's out there. Um, what I've been kind of resorting to saying these days is, these examples that we're saying aren't there are not at the scale that you guys are right. At, right. Able to do it and get it into Myers and EGB mm-hmm. and right. Yeah. Like to me, I mean, anyone can go to a small manufacturer and get 288 bottles, bottles, right? Like the, the, the barrier to entry right now is so low. Anyone can do whatever, like, you know, go make your beta alanine free pre-workout and be the only person to whatever. <laughs> like, but to do it, create the partnerships, um, win the love and trust of community and scale it. That's a different story. Yeah. So I, I agree. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm, this is expired, but it is a sour apple flavored Jocko fuel without, without the Reb M I'm going for it. You're <laughs> the chief product officer is not, con, is not a, you know, I, I'm not condoning that. That is a old, 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 old can. You know what? No, it, t- <laughs> it tastes good. You, you are right, though. At this point, it was it was part of the archives, and I'm actually happy that you did it. I hope that uh, oh, I did I... not bless that. But um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, no, 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 no. I saw plenty of them. <laughs> no, no, you're good. No, I didn't mean it like that. I meant like you had to blow the dust off that thing. That was one of the early versions of. Um, because uh, it's monk fruit exclusively, right? Right, and so yeah. the the flavor is really good. I love natural flavoring. The like the the word well rounded is was what stuck in my mind on that first sip. Um, the monk fruit is good. It doesn't do everything that you need it to do, and the Reb M kind of finishes the job. In it's a way. yeah. It's yeah. Uh, any of these. I like it though. In, in my opinion, Reb M on its on its on its um, on its own, monk fruit on its own, even allulose on its own. There they're a little bit one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Right. And when combined, there's this three dimensional sweetness aspect that can be achieved. That is, in my opinion, it's hard to, to replicate, you know, and, and you, the thing with sucralose and again, not to attack sucralose, but just to use it as an example is it's so sweet that it's just like, it's, it's just like a sweetness bomb mm-hmm. that's going off. And it's like, well, that's easy. That's the other thing. It's like, this is a challenge. I like a challenge. Mm-hmm. It's fucking easy to throw sucralose and a couple other artificial sweeteners in something and make it taste good, even with things that are hard to mask, like dynamine. So it's easier, I should say. Um, I don't want to take anything away from those guys and those formulators. Like, No, but we get it. Like, We had a, we had a podcast on the manufacturer, and one of the questions, are you going to use sucralose? All right. Like, good to go if not all right now we have a, a big challenge so that's episode 101 where we're talking about that and so i mean everyone pretty much knows this and everything um we haven't gotten into allulose do you want to like give everyone the quick skinny on this because it, it's a little bit different and there's some there's some cool research showing like blood sugar control and everything with it too so i yeah, it's kind of funny there's a tiktoker I, i'm not going to name people i won't do that but there's a tiktoker the other day who who he's known for saying some pretty outlandish shit 
he, I think he's a nice kid. This might give it away, but he trains jujitsu. I'd like to get on the mats with him sometime. He has a brand. It's it's kind of a niche brand. And um, but he seems like a nice kid. But he clings to things and he tries to, he's trying to make clickbait content. And he I saw a video the other day and it was like allulose um disrupts or what did it say? Yeah, allulose dis- he wrote like allulose disrupts or changes inflammatory biomarkers. And he sorts he cites the study. So you know me, I'm like right to the study and I read through it. And it's like it did change them. It it, it improved their inflammatory biomarkers. I'm like, what are you talking about? And so the moment I comment within like four hours, the video's stripped, it's gone. And I'm just like, guys, like it's a, so if people don't know what it is, it's like a rare sugar naturally found. Uh, I believe it's found in dates. So it's, um, it's a great tool. I think it's 50% as sweet as, as like table sugar. And it's obviously more expensive, but it is, it doesn't have the same, glycemic response as like sugar does so technically you can count it against depending on what you believe around net carbs but you can technically count it against your 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 total carbohydrate count for net carbs we use it in our cookies Mm -hmm. and uh and that's done really well for us yeah, it was first introduced in in our world by Quest for their cereal bars, which I don't think exist anymore. I thought they tasted really good, but I don't think they nailed the the sweetness perfectly. But they had to do an educational video because of the labeling is different. Like it could be labeled as a sugar, but not necessarily as a net carb. And yeah. so it, there was some complexity. I think the FDA has kind of straightened some of that stuff out. But what's cool is like some of the some of the data shows that it might pull some blood sugars down a little bit and like even be helpful so which makes sense if someone's inflamed because their insulin and blood sugar are too high like chronically it might be a useful ingredient but that might you know to be determined of course it, it definitely seems to be um it's I, I will say this from a broad a broad approach it definitely is healthier i can stand behind that claim it's definitely healthier than a one-for-one use with like a a, a normal simple sugar so um we're happy to use it and it's it, again, it goes back to that trifecta. I think we're using them all three together and we do have a product. I, I can't talk about that. We, we touched on earlier in our private conversation that we're going to be releasing probably next year, uh, that uses all three. And it's a game changer in my opinion, in a world in that category, in a world full of sucralose, mm-hmm. um, I would put it, it's the, Maybe not the first time because I, I feel really good about the new the new energy drinks and the Molk RTDs as well. Like I will put the Molk RTDs up against anything in the industry right now. Anything banana, that's for sure. Yeah, like dude, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like your chocolate's great. Like I, you know, I enjoy the chocolate. It's a, it's a different kind of chocolate. It's, not it's like, a rich chocolate. Yeah, it's not your classic like milky cho- like that yeah, that kind of milk chocolate. If yeah. you're looking for that hurt that um, Nesquik type milk chocolate, that's not it. It's definitely uh, rich, uh, more rich cocoa flavor. Um, the, I've I think the vanilla is fantastic. It uh, is for vanilla. Chocolate and vanilla are strong. I like them. Like nothing against them, but dude, <laughs> just get a case of the banana. Like just buy. It's all hard of to it. do banana right too, isn't it? I was so pissed when you guys did one dollar drinks at Vitamin Shop, and it you literally sold out in like six hours at my local vitamin <laughs> shop. I showed up. My vitamin shop knows where I am, so yeah. like I walked in and I was like, "Where are they?" And they were gone. <laughs> Yeah, and I think the fucking manager bought all of them. I think <laughs> that's what it was. Like, it's tough, man. Every time I go into our uh, like again, air quotes, local vitamin shop because we're up here in the middle of nowhere, so I have to go to Portland, Maine. 
so it's literally an hour and a half mm-hmm. or um, in Bangor. I think we have two in the state. Anytime I go into the local vitamin shop, he's like, he knows who I am. And he's like, hey, dude, he's like, shit's still flying off the shelves. He's like, people come in and, and load up their trunks. And I'm just like, awesome. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, they're driving in from people driving in from Vermont Mm because it's so rural. Yeah, they're driving in from Vermont and New Hampshire and they're just like loading up their cars and driving home. It is pretty awesome up here. That's cool. So you you're not low carb, though, or you're not like anti carb. Do you because you you mentioned sugar and everything, but obviously you use carbohydrates. So where does the brand where do you take your stands with like when you're carbon up? Yeah, we just don't use uh, carbs for we don't use like active sugars and carbohydrates for sweeteners. Mm -hmm. So we're just not going to lean on them for sweeteners. Uh, In our um, hydration product, we used uh, two grams of of ribose. Um, It's a functional, I I consider it a functional carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. And so to quickly replenish, and if you're doing some sort of like endurance type workout, whether to replenish post or intro, like it's a great way to get your electrolytes in. You're getting some functional carbohydrates and ATP replenishment in, and there's a sprinkling. And but I don't think in hydration, anybody's really done that well yet. Um, so I think that was pretty cool. I was pretty proud of that. And then also the the tiny amount of theanine in there, because um, I don't know about you, but like during and post like super hard workouts, you, I, I get kind of that like mental fog or that post workout, like, like, and then you feel great afterwards. But I've found when experimenting with it, cause we, that's what we do. Like we test stuff constantly. I'm sending stuff to Jocko. I'm sending stuff to echo. I'm sending stuff to our other athletes. Um, I'm testing it myself. We're testing it in house. I'm like, let's try a sprinkling of theanine in there and see how it makes me feel. I thought I saw a mild improvement in just how I felt. I was like, cool, we'll put it in. I love that aspect of you guys. Like, um, I was thankful enough for you guys to send me a, a sample of the pre-workout. Like, that was really cool. But, like, you guys are not, like, traditional meathead supplement owners, you know? Like, you don't just throw shit in a bottle and sell it just because it will sell. Mm. Like, we got to see, like, your testing facility yesterday where you bring people. That, like, you have a school, like, where you go roll. Or, like, you can tell that you guys have, like, like you said, I think you said scrappy entrepreneurs. Like, you just make stuff that you would use because you are your own demographic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that so much. I, I, one thing I wanted to ask, and this is a little more abstract. I don't know if you'll have an answer for it, but you've described Jocko really, really well. Um, you described Pete, and we also there's a lot of content talking about how Pete is a designer. That's like really what he is. Like, what are you? Like, like <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that, that's a, that's an awkward one. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just I, like, like I'd love like, to have someone else describe me, but if I if I'm if I'm, uh, I'll answer any question. Well, you're not like so. military or uh-huh. like, it, like, no. like you don't have like a, like you don't seem to have like a stereotypical, like, like what is it that like when you came into the brand, like what was your side of this? Well, my side of it was obviously I had, I, I was the only one with like actual supplement and, and uh, ingredient understanding and knowledge. So I'll answer the question of who I am. But one thing I was going to say earlier and somehow slipped uh, slip past me was, I have an unfair advantage in my opinion than someone who's like, let's say someone comes out of like a lot of people come out of business school or they're just like a, a gym meathead, as you said, or whatever, or maybe they're a, a bodybuilding influencer and they're like, I want to start a supplement brand. They probably know a lot about like what works and ingredients. They've tried a bunch of shit themselves and they like can find someone to help them with marketing or they go to a co-packer and there's, there's turnkey operations and shit for that too. Like brokers. I had the unfair advantage of 
being able to sell direct to consumer and literally suck knowledge out of, and this might sound weird, but I would, I would sell to people that would walk in on the street, but I also was running a jujitsu school and, and sort of an MMA academy at the time I cornered and, and fought MMA myself, but I cornered a lot of guys and, and, um, we had a great community and, and I had a great business partner. It was small, but I learned a lot and I was able to use the fighters, the teammates, the members, people off the street, regular customers to gather information and knowledge. And if there's one thing that was amazing is that when you own an independent store like that, every fucking brand in the world sends you free shit. So I was able to look and I would just, I would take it home. I would look at the ingredients. I would take it. I would study it. I'd give it to people. I'd be like, Hey, I had my one guy who was like a stim junkie. I had my other guy who was like a pump junkie. I had my other guy who was like a intra workout junkie. And he would tell me about how he felt like, and how, how his energy was. And I would just like constantly gather this feedback and I'd be like, okay. So I noticed this product works really good and this product works really good, but why are they both working good? And they both have a bunch of shit in them. I do this product. This product doesn't work. Nobody likes this. And then I started pulling the pieces of every one of those and like products apart and saying like, what is it in those that actually start? And I literally, I had no idea that I would be years later formulating a product for a for products for a brand like this, but I had notes of like formulas that I was creating in my brain that I was like, I don't know, I'm going to do something with these someday. And then they went to paper and then they became products later on it seems like you're you're like a problem solver slash like a, a yeah. truth, truth seeker deconstructionist think, yeah like uh we you were talking before when we were in the lab you were just like you know what i want to learn something about, about something i become a nerd and like i relate to that like anything in my life that i've ever been interested like contrary to popular belief like sports nutrition wasn't my first thing i wanted to do with my life but like anytime i get a hobby i like go so deep like, yeah. like, like I got, I, I've only been doing jujitsu since, uh, January. Like last month I was spending $400 on a Gordon seminar because I just want to be in the room with the best people and like want to dive. Right. And it seems like that's, that's where you've been. Like, no matter what, like, like cause before Jocko, you were on the origin side, like you were yeah. in, in the manufacturing there. That's not sports nutrition. Like you're figuring out and problem solving and figuring that out. Yeah. It established a relationship. A problem solver is a good a good way to put it. Deconstructor is also an, uh, another good way to put it. I mean, I remember when I was on the origin side of things, we wanted to make, uh, essentially we wanted to make underwear. We called it undergear with our, um, compression wear. And we hadn't had it at the time. And so I was, um, I was COO at the time. And again, we were really small, uh, about 30, probably about 30 employees at this time. And, I literally one day was like, well, I like my underwear I have now. So I, I'm at the office. So I go into the bathroom, I take off my underwear. I go into this, I go into the stitching floor. I grab an, uh, an exacto and I start pulling them apart. Stitch by stitch by stitch by stitch by stitch. And, and then gathered the panel. And I was like, we have a, we have a cut. You know what I mean? And I started making a pattern and it's just like, I don't know, figure it out. Yeah. And I, I got a lot of that through jujitsu because you got to figure it out a lot in jujitsu. I got a lot of that in life because although my parents were amazing, my father was was a sports coach and, and, and like he lived for that. So he didn't make a lot of money. He'd rather just coach community sports and just be a part of the community. And that's what he did. And my mom and they separated when I was 12. And my mom was put herself back to school through nursing twice. And so it was like, 
it was a uh, it wasn't the easiest but it was like figure it out you know what i mean it was like oh you gotta eat figure it out you gotta yeah. get to school figure it out you gotta you know so there was a lot of that so there's been a lot of that along the way jujitsu was one of those things um and then on the origin side of things i wanted to get involved i was running my business in ohio and on on the origin side of things i was like i want to get involved and pete's like figure it out and so i was like i'll here's what i'm gonna do i was like i'm going to pick the days that I'm available to be free in Ohio and I'll drive, uh, I'll draw, I grabbed a map and I drew a six hour radius. I knew that I could make it home in time and I wouldn't have to get a hotel. And so six hours there and back. And so I could get there, do what I needed to do, train and get home. So I started hitting up every school within like a six hour radius and literally doing like show and tell with the geese and went from zero to 120 accounts. I'm not a fucking salesman, but I was like, I went from zero to hundred to the point where Pete was like, uh, you can't sell any more stuff. We can't ma- we can't sell any more wholesale stuff. We're gonna start losing money. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, "What do you want to do?" And I was like, "I don't know." And he's like, "You want to move back to Maine?" And I was like, "Sure." And so I shut down my business because it was like the origin thing was taken off, and I saw the opportunity, and you know, and that door opened, and I was like very grateful for it. And then I just jumped head head first into that. I came here, sales kept going, passed that off. I have a business degree. I stepped into the operations role. And then I just kept going from there. But it was like, figure out the manufacturing side of things. I'm like figuring out how to work on it. Uh, listen, I can't work on sewing machines. Mm-hmm. But there was a point where I was changing the oil in a sewing machine and ch- like, you just figure it out, right? Anything you need to do, you just figure it out. I think that's the problem is people, um, they say, I don't know this. Not, I need to figure this out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see that with supplements because it's kind of like a very abstract thing. Like I, I drink this magic liquid and it makes me do things. And But, when, but like, People ask us like, how, "How did you learn about all this stuff?" Like, it's pretty simple if you understand the mechanism of action. Similar to like any kind of mechanical thing. Like, I'm not a I'm not a sewing person, but I remember in home ec, like I learned like you know the needle goes down, it picks the thing up, brings it around. Like, once you understand like the motion and what it is, like you can get in there and fix it. Probably it's not that hard, right? Figure it out. Yeah, exactly. You just figure it out. And and granted, like I have always been like coming up through high school for what it's worth, I always excelled in the sciences and I was like average in math and was like terrible in like English and other, uh, basically anything that I was bored with, I did terrible in and everything that I liked like sciences and AP and stuff like I excelled in. So I went off to school originally. It's kind of funny, not that we're going to do a whole deep dive in my background, but I went off to school originally to work on race cars because I thought it was cool and I wanted to work on race cars. Cool, cool. And I worked on, uh, for for one season, I worked with the um, Salins team in the Rolex series. And so I did that and I was like, I don't want to do this for a living for the rest of my life. So I went back to school to, to do a four-year um, business degree. And I had to take electives. And uh, again, here I am in my early 20s. I'm like, I don't want to do shit like gothic literature and I don't want to, you know what I mean? So I go to the deans, I'm like, hey, I know we have a health side of the university. I was like, I really want to take 400 level bio. And he's like, you want to take bio with lab? You're a business major. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, there's no rule saying you can't, but why? And I was like, I just want to do it. And he's like, okay. And then was like, you know, that seems to have worked out for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It just works <laughs> out. You're just like, cool. Let's where's do the, things you like. Yeah. yeah. Where does the jujitsu fit in? Like, did you wrestle in high school? No. Okay. And no. then when did you, when did you start? I, I actually only played ball sports up until like my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And then when it got political, uh, especially in a community where your father has coached a lot of like 
travel teams and B teams and multiple sports and has gone between basketball and baseball and football. Um, in a small town, it gets super political. So uh, I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. And I also, I mentioned racing. I got into cars and right. girls. So that was my thing in high school. And uh, that, that's what I got into. So I, I pulled back. There was no wrestling program in my in my high school anyway. So not that I would have, but uh, I wish there was, and I wish I would have, because that would have mm-hmm. been an amazing head start. I wish I'd wrestled. That's one of those things I, I mentioned <laughs> with you. I wish I yeah. I wish I had hunted. That's one thing that like I regret not doing as, mm-hmm. as younger. And wrestling, like I understand, uh, there was a podcast with Jim Wendler I watched when I was coming up in sports or, or in a, a sports nutrition, and he had said like wrestling's really great for kids because. You either learn to physically win or you lose and you have to stand up and shake that guy's hand. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's really important. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like I lost my sub only co- uh, competition last month and I had to stand up knowing in a points competition, I would have scored all these points and won everything. I just stand up and shake this guy's hand because I didn't play the game. And it's humbling as a, uh, as a grown man too. Not that it's not as a kid because you're still in that developmental stage, but sure. it's humbling as a, as a grown man. And that's the thing about jujitsu. You mentioned jujitsu in the in a roundabout way, and then so many of the principles that I learned, nothing has advanced me like jujitsu has. Nothing like there's been a lot of great things, friendships, relationships, networking, um, even my personal deep dive into the to, into all of this stuff. But nothing has advanced my my mind and body like jujitsu has. And people say like, how do you overcome? I get this question a lot. Like, how do you overcome? big challenges or how do you overcome like stressful times in business and stuff and i'm like when you're when you've been under someone like pete's mount at 260 pounds a black belt sitting on top of you as a you're a fucking grown man and someone is mounted on top of you they're dripping sweat and there's five minutes left on the timer and you need to get out or stay calm what the fucking business is going to be more scary than that there's another human trying to choke you till you tap and in reality, if this wasn't jujitsu, they could murder you with their hands. And so there's it's no like, timer in your school. I yeah. Found out well, there, there normally is. <laughs> we just had our annual immersion camp. So uh, the timer's okay. floating between trucks yeah. or something. So we normally do have a timer. But normally it's 10-minute rounds. Yeah. Which yeah, are yeah, yeah. not short. So mm-hmm. five minutes in, you're mounted by uh, – and listen, I'm fortunate. I don't get mounted often these days. But when you're mounted by someone like Pete or you know coming up, developing jujitsu – there's nothing more developing to the brain than being held down like a small child by another man or person, whatever. It's literally because after you overcome that, after you after that's your new normal, and you can experience that. It's like what is leaky cans and what is um, <laughs> a label issue that goes through? Is it annoying? Yes. Do you do you maybe cuss and swear a little bit? Yes. Do you lose your temper from time to time? Yeah. But like you're not going to like spiral out of control. Mike, Mike had said something last night. I had mentioned like, I think something, some move that I've been working on that I hit last night. And Mike mentioned like in the heat of all the stuff, it's hard to remember like the sequence of moves or something. Or, and, and, and I had mentioned, I'm sorry, I don't remember the Brown belts name last night with the little, with the beard. That's, that was uh Tim, know, Tim, Tim sat on me last night and <laughs> Tim's a lot bigger than me and I'm 240 pounds. Like it's like, I, I understand like not getting mounted because I bench most people. Right? Yeah. And um, I used to freak out and like forget everything I was doing because you have a large man sitting on top of you and like learning um, just like I'm very, I'm very simple do's and don'ts, you know, like 
just get to my frames, get to a spot where I can breathe, and then think from there. Like that kind of concept of like get to a spot where maybe you're in an uncomfortable position, but get to a spot where you can get comfortable in that uncomfortable position and think and plan your game plan from there. That's been something that's like transcended into the rest of my life. Like you might be in a bad spot, but we're not dead. We can we can think about this. We can plan our game plan, and we can get on the get out on the attack. Right? And that's what happens. Your brain gets reprogrammed once the primitive fight and flight mode goes away, and you've now used a tool. And it could be maybe there's something other than jujitsu that does this. Like absolutely great, like cool, find that thing. But for me, it was jujitsu. And the moment that it literally reprograms your brain mm-hmm. to be able to accept situations like that and, re- and and process them differently, to orient yourself and not freak out and go to the point where you're like like where was i what what just happened like that's yeah. like a superpower seriously or like being able to hear someone cornering you like they're screaming mm-hmm. at you to regard and you're like i don't know what the fuck my feet are right now like yeah. like, like i don't know where i am in, in space <laughs> yeah. and time like that comes with time yeah yeah like yeah. a couple months in you're like oh i know where i am and it, yeah. yeah it's but it's becoming comfortable like and i'm in a bad spot which i think is super super helpful for business at least it, it definitely is you get in very uncomfortable positions um i want to pick up i don't i don't know how many other things you have want to talk about but there's some new protein bags behind us yeah that we i thought these were old because I'd never seen them before, but they're new. You guys got to see a lot of brand new. Right. So you have a lot of stuff coming. We're, yeah, so we're we have posting that. this right when the pre-workout's launching. So just yeah. note the time. I don't know. And this this, this is, is a seasonal. This is a seasonal flavor uh, that's also exclusively going to Vitamin Shop. Vitamin Shop's leaning in hard. I think I yeah, like the they, fact that you're Shout out big Jack Gate and Vitamin Shop. Yeah. You, guys. you know what's funny is we, we actually got into Vitamin Shop. Um, it was our first major retailer. And they took a chance on us, and the guy that was the, he, the guy that brought us in is no longer there. But the next guy to really step in and, and handle it, who's climbed the ranks there, is Jack. And Crossfitter, yeah, yeah, he's been a lot of fun to work with. He's understood the brand. He's been patient. He knows what the long term game is. Like he gets it. And like they are leaning in, we are leaning in. And uh, not that we want to like take people away from Vitamin Shop, but it's just. You know, we believe that we have enough people out there to support, uh, and we've shown that through our, I was talking about it earlier, our um, regional grocery performance, H-E-B, Meyer, Harris Teeter, Hannaford Brothers, everywhere that we seem to enter into grocery, and it's not just drinks, we're, we're entering in with like, like Meyer and H-E-B, they're like, can you give us more SKUs? Like we want more products. That's awesome. Yeah, but lifestyle products. I, I totally understand and agree because like it's so funny. I you guys know me. I'm a supplement facts person. You know, but like I don't know if I should admit this. I was I just started taking your greens. I didn't even look at the back. I was just like oh, I, I, I want like I want to drink some greens in the morning. You know, I, I don't. I'm not. There's a lot of greens out there that have mushrooms or digestive enzymes or probiotic and all these mm-hmm. different things. I just wanted some greens in the morning, man. I, I yeah. My my breakfast is steak and eggs and and some carbs. You know, like whatever carb I can find for the day, but. I don't eat a lot of greens in the in the morning, so I was like, "Let's start with some greens." And I hear your Jocko's taste great, and they were right. It's just a lifestyle product, you know. And it actually is a great formula. Not to take away from that, but like, yeah. When I started out, I just wanted something that tasted good and it gave me some greens. Yeah, and so you you mentioned being a problem solver. One of the problems that we saw with greens was, um, and this is this is a funny story as well. But the this was really the breakout product where. It was like, this isn't something, you know how I said like Jocko requested products and I would build them. 
there had been a few before that that I had freedom on, but nothing like greens because greens was one of the ones that was a little bit outside the box. People were like, oh, I can't believe you guys did greens. You're like a hyper-masculine, black packaging type um, dude type brand, I guess you could say. And I said, the same thing I said to people that questioned it or asked is the same thing I said to Jocko. I said, I said, how, how, how many fruits and vegetables are you eating on a daily basis? <laughs> you know, he loves his Caesar salad and that's like the extent of it. It's like a giant ribeye and Caesar salad. And so, and there's not enough, it's not a lot of nutritive value in a Caesar salad alone. So I was like, listen, there's a lot of micronutrients. There's these phytonutrients in this. And he's like, well, how are we going to make it better? How are we going to make it better than what other people are doing? I was like, of course, we're going to do our normal thing. We're going to sweeten it all naturally. We're not going to use any proprietary blends and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that really wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. That wasn't enough to like get him over that threshold. And we joke about it internally, um, you know, the team, but Jocko and Pete, like I ran into a wall with this product with them. And, um, so you were fighting for it and yes. they weren't interested. They were like, "Ah, eh, I don't know. They're like, "Yeah, it's it might be off brand. Not sure if we need it right now. Um, are you sure our customers are asking for it?" Like I, I had to really push. And um when was this? 2021, I think we launched the first flavor. Heat of the greens craze. Like late 2020 was where we started I was doing mm -hmm. greens every week. Yeah. And so one of the reasons is because so many of our customers were requesting it. But I was like, how do I differentiate greens without also over-engineering it to the point where it was like, is this even going to be um, you know, profitable? Like, We want to do good for the world with the products, but you still have to make a profit so you can stay mm -hmm. in business. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do, you, how do you do this? And so because a lot of these, a lot of the greens... You're going to take me down a rabbit hole. A lot of these greens, they're proprietary blends, like as, as I'm sure your listeners know, because they're very educated. A lot of the proprietary blends, like the top or the second most abundant ingredient is like soy lecithin. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like if that's what you wanted to consume that day, sweet, like enjoy your soy lecithin. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not going to have a soy debate about phytoestrogen and stuff like that, or whether it's good or bad for your health. I'm just saying like, I'm not going out of my way to... Mm -hmm to like get massive amounts of soy less than because I'm like, hey, I need to get some extra soy less than in my diet today. You use sunflower uh, less than in your protein too. So like, yeah, we, we, we don't use soy. Um, no not soy because boys. we, um, no, so no soy boys. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, and again, like I'm not going to go down a, like a, a, a rabbit hole. Future of anti episode. <laughs> yeah. Future episode for sure. But where I'm going with that is like, we did that. And again, it still wasn't enough. And so it hit me one day. I was like, I know the problem solving. So that's a, that's, a, that's a good call out. I was like, I know what we can do. We can actually make greens that taste good. Because that's enough. I hadn't had any. And so what I realized was the advantage of wanting to use better, more transparent ingredients. Well, I'm going to give it up. As I'm going to give up the secret right now. People like ask me how we're able to make them taste so good with only rabem and monk fruit and not sucralose and everything else that everyone else uses. It's because we started with just like high quality organic fruits and vegetables. There's not a ton of filler ingredient in there. There's not a ton of like fluff that tastes like shit that you got to mask in volume. That's it. It's like, how, how are you going to make 
pomegranate extract and banana powder taste good. They already taste good. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it was one of those things where it was really like it, the light bulb hit, but it was easy. What are your main, so the, the fruits obviously taste great because they're sugar. Or not, they're not sugar, but they're from, you know, great flavored fruits. Uh, what are your main greens though? Like wheatgrass and spirulina? I'm, I'm not. Wheatgrass, spirulina, broccoli sprout extract. Like, you know, like everybody wants their sulforaphane nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the classics, like they're classics, but they're not, there's not a, not a ton of spirulina and chlorella, which is what you see is like the major dominant ones. There's not a ton of, um, Sorry, less than or less than based filler, in my opinion, filler. Like, there's some health benefits, but there's that word. It's. In <laughs> did I say a bad word? No, no, no. It's just we were joking before about like, what do you consider a filler? Like, right. some people would consider soy less than to be like like an active or some sort of. Yes, I agree. You're right. That. Yeah, you're right. And and listen, those those people. Do you? That's cool. Mm -hmm. Like, I, that's cool. Less is more. So in retrospect, though, like, okay, 2020, everyone rushes to get greens and immunity formulas out and everything. And so there's this wave of products and maybe two of them that we reviewed tasted good because a lot of them were rushed out. You don't. And I think this is a good lesson learned is that you didn't want to jump on every last craze. You said you weren't going to do that right up front. Mm -hmm. You took your time and you actually put out something that was was ready to go when it was ready to go. Yeah. And so that I think that is part of the lesson here is that you're not going to be doing every last like hype moment. You're going to do things that work and make sense. And it, I think it worked out in that case then. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, we had a immunity formula that was baked long before COVID and it just was like, well, it's time to pull this into the mix. But yeah, it's like when you see things happening, like don't panic, you know? And it, I think it comes back to like jujitsu. It, it like all comes around because don't panic, like figure your thing out mm. because like this too will pass and you want to like come out better than you came in. And I think a lot of people panicked and did crazy stuff in both life and business over the last few years. And the people who've kind of stayed like strong to their, to their morals and wills have come out ahead. I hate being the dude that quotes Jocko cause we're on a Jocko podcast and everything, but like the, the whole video, they made it huge. Like the whole good thing, the end yeah. of it, it's like recalibrate, re-engage and go out back on the, on the attack. Like, yep. You have to sit there and you have to figure it out. Like actually have like a good idea of like what you're going to do. And, and you were talking about go to market strategy before, like some people will listen to that and be like, what you posted on your Shopify account and like, had a like there, no there was like an like literally a strategy on like mm -hmm. how you're going to attack the community how you're going to disseminate information i mean it might seem simple because you just tell jocko to post it on his what is podcast. the messaging what's the <laughs> yes yeah, so that's yeah. the thing is like you, you're absolutely right like so on one hand we are very well aware that we have this behemoth like uh the podcast not jocko himself he is a he's quite <laughs> he, is, he is a behemoth no seriously like him the podcast his social platforms we're we're not like ignorant to the fact that, that we think we're doing something that's like miraculous or special and that that's not the 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 x factor that is the x factor but something that jocko said to me a while back sort of early on now at this point when we were working on bars and we had a really good track record with our customers and the products we had released. And we had spent a lot of money right below us right here, developing uh, and, and installing a bar manufacturing facility because we could not find a facility that would take on the formula constraints that we were putting on them. So we put, we put a brief out to them. 
they were like, no. And we went to manufacturing facility after facility after facility. And we were naive enough. And this is one of our, this is our first major tuition payment. And mm-hmm. as many wins as we've had, we've had our share of mistakes. And, and one of those was that we were going to set up a manufacturing facility. And we did that and we invested a bunch of money into it. And ultimately the final product after many, 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 many months of hundreds of iterations of bars, I sent to him and I was like, I think this is as far as we can push it. I said, what do you think? And he goes, he's like, I can sell some shit, but I can't sell shit. And we shut it down. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's when, you know, and that's when Pete was like, Bro, and I was so in it, head down, like, and everything, like, and 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 at that time, like, Pete was so focused on Origin, rightfully so, and he, I mean, he literally had to come over and be like, Bro, "We got to shut this down. Mm-hmm. This is this is a loss. Thank God we got the cookie out of it." But it was a point where we went so deep into that rabbit hole that I couldn't even see the light out, mm-hmm. and at that point, we had to pull out. And I'm glad we did. And it's all, it's, it's definitely all worked out. And you're, if, if you think you're going to get into business and it's going to be only wins, uh, you're, you're mistaken. But that point of Jocko saying like, I can sell some shit, but I can't sell shit in a package is, is absolutely right. If we just put shit products out there, people wouldn't come back. We wouldn't have, I think I can share this, but you, you talked about the direct to consumer business. We wouldn't have a 52% subscription rate. You're talking about people who subscribe and save to the products? 52% of our direct-to-consumer business is subscription. That's amazing. So companies that that are out there listening. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's like ongoing customers that that subscribe to the product. Not like a repeat customer. It's someone who's committed to getting it. And and our sales are not stagnant. That's not 52% that have been on subscription, that are just checking the box week over week, month over month, year over year. Our direct consumer business is rapidly growing. Our our army is expanding, and we have maintained that fifty plus percent subscription base. But people still walk into Vitamin Shop because that that could be a concern. People what? still walk into Vitamin Shop. More people still go to Amazon. Mm-hmm. Still, yeah. More people are still going to regional grocery. People underestimate the mm-hmm. the army. So Origin manufactures geese and tons of apparel here in the United States of America. Are you ever going to take another stab at manufacturing supplements or? Functional foods and functional foods seems to be the thing where people like get blown up on a lot. So you're not alone there. But will do you think you'll ever take another stab at manufacturing here stateside? No. Okay. Because one part of, in in my opinion, being a good uh, operator, being a good business person, entrepreneur, whatever, is admitting and being honest with yourself of of what you're good at and what you're not good at, and and being able to relinquish that control to trusted partners to be able to rely on to expand. The other thing is like if we set up a manufacturing facility and then we outpace that, mm-hmm. which we likely would, mm-hmm. then you're back into that same chasing the tail. And so we're going to partner or continue to partner. We have great partners. We're going to continue to partner with more facilities that are experts at what they have do. And we've learned that there's many commands out there that, One's great at capsules, one's great at powders, one's great at beverage. But if you have this idea that you're going to go to a, 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 a starting out, if you're starting out, sure, go to one, establish a relationship, mm-hmm. lean on the economies of scale across your product line to get good deals. But at the end of the day, you're going to find that 
people excel in different areas and that's where you need to have your your product storm so okay. you've you've challenged us to transparency this week like you've you've really like asked you've, like, if you have any questions or whatever show anything uh i think this might be the line but are there any contract manufacturers that you would call it that like have been really great for you or have helped you or that you're really confident in or you work with regularly that you're a fan of yeah absolutely um Simpson, Simpson Labs. Um, we were betting on that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of of Simpson Labs. Were the Eric, hydrate sticks made there? Or? Eric is a friend. He's yep. They're good at stick packs, and so yep. I, I figured. Cool. Yep, Simpson's great. Obviously, I'm not going to go down and, and and name every single one of them. Yeah, um, but yeah, Eric's the man. Yeah, and then you know, of course, there's manufacturers that I wouldn't recommend, and so um, <laughs> we don't we don't need to name them. But uh, there is a manufacturer out of, um, and there's a manufacturer out of. Uh, there's a manufacturer out of Salt Lake that I would never recommend in a million years. And there's a manufacturer out of Salt Lake that we don't currently use that I would recommend anybody to go to. So there's a lot of great ones out there. And uh, one of the things, you know, I told this, I told this piece often in a lot of podcasts and uh, it's relevant. So one of the things that I found interesting when, you know, how you said like, how did you figure it out? How did you know? How did you learn? I went. And so one thing that shocked me when I transitioned from like store owner to like brand owner to formulator is when we started going and visiting contract manufacturers, aside the fact that in the beginning you start visiting brokers and they take you down the street. That's what you learn. One of the things that I learned was when we would visit and it was like one after another, after another, when we would visit these commands is they'd be like, Oh, I'm surprised you guys came. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, normally companies don't come. They don't send anyone. They just asked for some pictures. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I'm like, not come, not inspect where where the products are going to be made. And then they'd learn about Jocko and they'd, they'd be like, oh, I get it. Like, you guys aren't going to just like blindly trust that we're doing what we should be. I'm like, absolutely not. We check the boxes. And now we have a, um, now we have a full vetting system where like our quality department literally shows up with a tablet and a list. And, and, and a document and goes through and checks all the boxes to, to verify suppliers. You mentioned sending a brief to uh, like a ingredient, sorry, a flavor company or something like that. Like the, the, the concept of like having uh, strict brand guidelines for manufacturing and flavoring, like having a brief that you send someone, that's, we don't hear that very we often. We don't know, you're right. That's you know, funny. like we talk about um, large brands at scale that have systems in place for manufacturing. Um, that's, I don't want to say it's rare because when you talk to brands at scale, they have to, because once you get to scale, we talked about this before, there's a lot of lawyers that seemingly come out of nowhere and want to point out things. So having a quality team is important, but, um, you know, we work with a lot of brands that love to tout transparency and quality and all those great buzzwords that have been big in the 2010s and 2020s now that don't third party test their own product. They trust the manufacturer to do that because the manufacturer should be doing that, but you're responsible for it. There's a whole list of things that most brands completely take for granted because you know they're they're with a great manufacturer or something like that yeah and i'm not saying that we're like the best in the industry by any means because i actually don't know i was asking you guys as much because you guys have so much knowledge i was asking you guys as many questions today like like how does our retainer program compare how does our lab compare how does our testing procedures and third-party testing procedures compare? Because I want to know. Like, I want to know, can we be doing better? And mo- the answer is most don't have a lab. So In most yeah. cases, <laughs> it was something existing versus uh, being a bunch of bros. Like, I, I, I don't... We've seen people hire influencers to be their formulators this year. Like, we've seen people just, like, I don't know, have well, a kid who just 
does I've, this. I've definitely seen that. There's like a, an up and coming supplement brand that's kind of blowing up on TikTok, and you know their thing is to ask these micro, and I mean that in the most respectful way, because I, when I say micro, I mean like less than a, a half a million or a million followers. Like they ask these micro influencers in that kind of gym culture to formulate their own pre-workout to launch a limited edition. And I think it's cool. I think it's neat, but I'm like, really? I, I, I'm, I'm like, what? If we're thinking the same company, that company also like publicly admitted that they don't test any of their products and just blindly sell. Yeah, yeah, and too. and and so. listen, and I have I've actually had a conversation short, but I've had a con- digital conversation. Don't let me play it up like I'm like friends with the guy. I've had a short digital conversation, and someone I know that I'm connected to is kind of connected us and whatever. And and you know my feedback to them was like, keep grinding. Congrats. I remember our first five thousand square foot facility. Like I remember working out of a garage, but man implement the processes that are going to help build like real long-standing relationship now even though they're expensive even though they're uncomfortable and um unfortunately i don't think that's really happening um but i don't wish uh i wish them the best of luck i wish them the best of luck they're we're not in my opinion we're not in the same space we're we're not even um, competing with each other, so uh, best lo- of luck to them. Levels to this. I love those small brands because they speak to. I mean, I love the underdogs, right? Like on my way up, I was just a kid that worked at a vitamin shop that just like wanted to get in, and so the, at the end of the day, there are consumers that are attracted to those brands rather than Jocko or rather than you know like your Thorn or like really great quality brands, and so mm-hmm. like these small quality small brands, like I don't want to shit on them and like demoralize them. I want to empower them to put in practices that will have healthy products for consumers. I, like, I want it to be safe. That's like, first and foremost, like, you know, uh, do I, would I rather support quality companies that are already doing that and feel that they should do that already? Absolutely, but like, the fact of the matter is that there's gonna be kids, there's gonna be people that are gonna have viral companies, and I just wanna be able to give them the information to put those processes in place. Yeah, absolutely, and I think what you guys are doing is is great, and I think, if I was if I was to go back and I was to be where I was in like let's say 2016 when I first got started into this world, if your channel existed, I'd be like on it trying to soak up as much information and knowledge as I could, like sucking in stuff around contract manufacturing and business principles. You just had the 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 former founder of um, or the founder. Sorry, he's not a former. You're always a founder. Yeah. Regardless um, of salvation. Uh, yeah, salvation. Yeah. Which is I used to sell their product so. Um, I get it. Like it's, uh, you guys, you have, um, you know, created this great channel with people with incredible knowledge. Um, thank you. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm honored to be talking to these, to, to your people, you know? And, and so, uh, hopefully I don't get shredded too much on yeah. my, on my hot takes, but you know, it's, um, you know, it's one of those things where this is a tool that someone, there's, there's no, I used to say this, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong now, but I used to say there's no place where you can go get an actual four-year degree in what we're doing you can get a business degree you can get a bio degree you can get a chem degree you can get a food science degree but like supplement formulation do you know of anywhere where you're going to go and you're going to get like a four-year regionally accredited degree Mm -hmm. there's a small college i saw a screenshot that someone's doing a formulating course but not a degree it's a course yeah i mean that's cool to a young to a young buck i would say look into biochemistry if you want to understand like some of the the dirty stuff underneath and everything Mm -hmm. but yeah you're right it's uh it is just widgets like you said early in the podcast mike mccandless who you just referenced Mm -hmm. said the exact same thing that you said so um at that point it is but there's 
there's a little bit of magic to the widgets and you figure it out. I think the perfect blend is exactly what you just said. It's, it's a blend between the biochem and like a little bit of understanding uh, actually a lot of bit of understanding of, you know, obviously anatomy and physiology and how the, so it's like understanding how the chemical is going to work, understanding how they work together or against each other. That's super important. And then understanding how that's going to, or not going to work in the body. Like those things, like they're all so dynamic and you got to have that education to overlap those things. And so when you're someone like me, who is basically, it's OJT. Like it's been like one of those things where years of accumulation of information and just pulling it all together. Um, I would say if you're striving to be a supplement formulator, like you want to be the best, like someone's going to come along and they're going to, it's like any industry. Someone is going to come along and they're going to be known as being, you know, the man or the person. I truly believe that. I believe someone's going to come along way greater than me or anyone else that's done it far greater than me. Um, and they're going to come along and then the industry is going to be shook. And then they're going to be, cause I do, I just, I think it's, it's so, it's so much in its infancy and it's so underfunded that I think that it's kind of like, it's like MMA. We're seeing these athletes now where before it was like people that got into the mixed training. And now we're seeing kids that have been bred from being an athlete all the way up through. And so how many, how many how many, uh, here's a good, this is the way, I, I, this is a way for me to make it make sense to your listeners because they probably think I'm crazy right now. So when you're five, six, seven years old and you, you're fucking going around the classroom, they're like, what do you want to be when you get older? Nobody's saying a supplement formulator, <laughs> but maybe someday there will be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think like with TikTok and stuff, I think that that age has definitely come down and there's, it's been more accessible for sure. Like I think there's probably kids in high school saying they want to be a supplement formulator. Yes. For sure. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, and something that you kind of brought up, like with MMA, like the, the the meta or whatever, like like the strategy has changed with certain things being seen as like what's best. Like right now, leg kicks, like is a big thing, or like yeah. whatever, like things that like yes, five years ago you wouldn't have seen that strategy when you come in like attacking this certain thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it will it was a lot more mixed back then, and I think we're in that kind of that like ultimate fighter area early now, where there's like there's the Jockos, there's the TikTok brands. There's the the bodybuilder brands, and they're all really separate, and they might be kind of molding together in a place like Price Plow, where we kind of cover all of it. But I think it's all going to become a lot more streamlined eventually, where it's all going to be under a similar umbrella for sure. But I think the, the I think the bottleneck is is the data, because yeah. right now, like this pre workout is kind of what is like the meta. Like if you look at whatever has the most data, it's really similar to this Subman Facts panel. Yeah, but at a certain point that data has to evolve to the point where there are other ingredients that we can pick and choose from to the point where it can't always be citrulline, creatine, beta alanine, beta anhydrous. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where new ingredients, and this is where I do think there's value in, in trademarked ingredients, patented ingredients, whether that's through the actual extraction or the fact that we don't know of it yet. Um, or a combination of those ingredients and, and the way there's that, uh, mechanistic, um, amplification if you would so i just think like it's i think it's an industry in my opinion that's so much on its infancy mm-hmm. that there's going to be rising stars of course but there's there'll there'll be someone there'll be someone's or someone that will come along and um 
you know, take this thing to the next level. I really believe that because I truly believe in the power of these ingredients and what they can do to benefit everything from health and wellness to, you know, sports performance. Totally agreed. I don't think there's any reason it can't be you, Brian. Can't be what? It can't be can't you. Be you. Hey, it, I mean, I don't think I'm smart enough, but listen, if I had the unlimited funding, I, I'd be... I'd be doing a lot of the, there's a lot of things I would love to do with unlimited funding. Let's put it that way. Research wise. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In a big way. I think that's the bottleneck because at this point, you know, if you want to say your product's better than someone else's, first of all, we can't substantiate that in terms of the ingredients together. This is like one of my biggest, like I, I, I can't stand this happens. Like we talk about this awesome study from the university of Arkansas where nitrosgene and citrulline are compared and they are equal at certain doses. But at no point in the study did they consider putting the nitrosogene with the citrulline. Like 90% of products with nitrosogene also have citrulline. We have no idea what happens when, they ha- when they're put together, right? Yeah, so um, that's exactly it. So a lot of the times these ingredients are, these studies are funded. They're, stunded, they're funded, funded by the um, person who's going to reap the benefit because otherwise why would you fund it? Because there's not a, like a bunch of grant money floating around. And that's nothing. There's nothing to say that privately funded uh, research is uh, to be questioned. I don't think. I, I'm sure there's some, but I don't think that you should just look at something and be like, "Oh, that's self-funded, like it's skewed." I don't think that's the case. I mean, we've worked with um, a research facility, and I can say specifically, not that I like went to them and was like, "Hey, can we tweak the data?" It's like there's no opportunity, and maybe that's because who we are, but there's no opportunity. It was like. Here's the, uh, here's the protocol. Here's what we're going to do. Here's the start date. Here's what we're going to measure. Like everything goes through and then you get a data set back. And like the most you can do is like have multiple follow-ups and be like, okay, can you break this down? Can we look at the data a different way? Can we do that? And they're like, yes, no, yes, no. And they're tight. They're, they're like, no, we're not like, we're not asking them to bend it, but they're like, Hey, we can't do that because X and I'm like, okay, cool. So how do we look at the data? And so I think a majority of the, the, the private facilities and hopefully the universities are, are holding that same level of standard. And so that the research we're seeing is all legitimate, even if it's privately funded, having experienced it ourselves. So I just think that when you are privately funding, like for instance, like if we developed an ingredient and we privately funded it, like we wouldn't have enough funds, we wouldn't allocate the funds to say, okay, well, what if we combine it with another generic ingredient to find that whether it has that amplification or not? Totally. Excuse me. Um, so that's the that's the hangup. Would yeah. you guys ever consider funding research on like the can or the bottle? I mean, I guess the only point to do it would be have claims, and you guys you put claims in the bottles, but it doesn't sell the product. Um. So I would love to do more research and as i just said so i kind of opened up that can of worms and we haven't published it yet but we did do a clinical study on our energy drink and um we used a very reputable facility to do that we haven't published the data the one thing i can say is we measured it uh, against placebo it was blinded so flavored beverages um blind cans uh placebo one caffeine alone and then one our beverage and what I can share is that we're very happy with the results. Of course, you have to have placebo. It outperformed placebo. Uh, but um, the way that it outperformed caffeine alone in a number of areas 
we are um, we're very happy about. And we're looking forward to being able to share those results. That's awesome. Really Incredible. excited about that. We are well over two hours. This has been awesome. Yeah, yeah, we, we can close it out at any point now. Doesn't yeah, I guess what, one question we kind of touched on earlier, um, made in America with origin. A lot of ingredients, obviously, in, a, in our industry are not made in America, but if we had a handful of ingredients that were manufactured in, in America and you could have like a small supplement that had a full-blown made-in-the-USA claim, would Jocko Fuel's customers care? I mean, I certainly think they would care, you know, and our messaging to our customers has always been the same. Like when we can source a product or an ingredient, for instance, like when we were able to bring our can manufacturing, like these new Mm -hmm. cans that are American made, when we were able to bring them back from overseas after the the COVID hurdle, we did so. So we certainly try and move in that direction. And like I said, the apparel line that's going to be dropping the hats, uh, the t-shirts, the hoodies and those things, things that origin makes or doesn't make, um, are going to be American made and American sourced. We try to do that anytime we can, um, obviously within reason. Yeah. Cause the cost is two X or something like that. That's when the customers might start to kick. There's yeah. other things too, like desiccant packets and bottles and all sorts of stuff. I also want to say like, I feel like we could do an entire episode on this. So <laughs> let me touch on it. And then you guys tell me if you guys want to do like a virtual episode or something. I don't think we'll ever turn you down. To do and maybe, that, so maybe you, you can, can, do you guys cut this too? Yeah. Okay. Maybe you cut it out. Cause I don't know if it's value added. It might be distracting at the end of the show, but we actually had an American manufacturer of a particular product, a single ingredient product reach out to us and they, uh, they actually tried to extort us. Um, they ba- basically threatened to go to market saying that we turned down using their product and we're such a flagship mm. American made brand and they wanted to charge us uh, four times what we were currently paying uh, for product and they um, basically said like if you basically subtly tried to hint and threaten that if we didn't transition to them that they um, basically would tell the world that we were um, not using them and we had an American option and we didn't use them. Is it in the can? No, 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 no. It was a single ingredient product. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. Single ingredient product. There, there, there is an American manufacturer that makes one ingredient in our can that we don't use. And the reason why we don't use them is because they're assholes. Um, I know who that is. Yes. I'm wow. sure you know who that is there. That's, that's a given and I'll stand behind that any day of the week. So they're known for doing things like what you just said. Yes. So that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I figured that's where you went with it. No, this is a single ingredient product that we currently have on the line. We held the line because of just simply the way that it was brought to us. We're like, who does that? Like who, like you're not going to threaten us into, because we were negotiating pricing, they basically just, instead of negotiating with us, they held the line. And instead of saying like, okay, well don't use us. We're going to continue to go do, go, you know, in our day to day, they tried to threaten us to get us to convert. And I was like, hell no. I'm like, that's not happening. Like you guys can go pound sand. So They come back a few months later and they try and do the exact same thing. And at the exact same time, some of their product was flagged for not containing. So within the single ingredient, there's some active compounds and I'm not trying to give too much away, but in the single ingredient, there's some active compounds and they were flagged for basically they were this, this particular product was hoard out all over Amazon. And 
they were flagged for basically not containing the the level of actives that um, that they were supposed to. So wow. we were able to consciously say, okay, we made the right decision. Mm-hmm. Wow, we're really glad we didn't cave. And uh, eventually they just like went away. Wow. And we were just like, thank God. I say we keep that just because anyone oh, listens this long sure. deserves the that bonus. You guys are uh, probably the alphas in any room you walk into. And I don't think like just because you might be newish to our little sports nutrition world or whatever, doesn't mean like you're a rookie in, in ways like you don't you don't try to to judo throw a guy who's a black belt and not know your shit. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's one of those things. It seems like we seem like a weird group to try and, yeah. um, we, we certainly wouldn't, uh, I, I don't know what I would call ourselves, but it just, what I can say is it doesn't seem, we don't seem like the right group to try and push around. Yeah. Right. Um, exactly. And not even me. Like yeah. I'll just use my partners for instance, like <laughs> two forty and two fifty savage black belts one former navy seal one competitive world on the world stage like just doesn't seem like a good idea to push mm-hmm. and not just like from a physical aspect like they're both intellectuals they're both businessmen they're both killing it at life it just is like they both are squeaky clean and they have resources why wrong group mm-hmm. wrong group mm-hmm. to, to try and push around take me out of the equation so um yeah it just it just seems like a, a bad idea but I, I didn't really summarize what i was trying to say earlier Back to the American manufacturing thing. Just because it's made in America doesn't make it better. So you can make a shit product in America. That doesn't mean we're going to use it. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to bring me an American-made ingredient or American-made product, it better test out. I better be able to go look at that actual supply chain and be able to dive in. And like we say on the origin side of things, if you follow the trucks of cotton all the way back, you'll end up in the fields of the Tennessee Delta region, I believe it is. Awesome. And and like you're going to literally see the cotton farms so incredible. yeah and for the record also i think a lot of people um you know go negative about like china making ingredients there's a lot of ingredients uh that are made that aren't made in china uh brazil germany uh mm. plenty of other spots india too. yeah india for a lot of botanicals yeah i mean there's a lot of great co- uh, countries making like what they are good at as well so you know no, it's are... just part of the conversation i because yeah, 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 yeah. i'm stoked to see you onshoring jobs at origin yeah and i'm like can we support this factory in America that's producing a couple of different ingredients? Like, and, and off, I love it. I just yeah, love it. Absolutely. And, and off podcast, we were like bringing up ingredients that are made in America that they might be cost prohibitive, but there are reasons why, you know, like, well, like, whatever stuff's coming back. So it's cool to see. It's cool to see people mm-hmm. care about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm anytime I'm happy to have a conversation with an American man, manufacturer and, and see if it's true. And, you know, is it truly American made or is it, is it coming over here and having one step in the process, right. you know, and they're, they're, yeah. they're squeaking through. So, um, but I'm always open to having that conversation about onshoring anything that we can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. I w- yeah. I will say like, uh, in terms of like, uh, it may seem like you guys are closed off, but you've always been a very, very, um, open to conversation and stuff. Like our first few conversations, I actually completely screwed up that flavor review that I did the first time. I called it Stevia, even though it was monk fruit. And I got the nicest message from Brian. I was like so embarrassed. And I said, it was like, Oh yeah, that's that. right. I forgot. about yeah. that. <laughs> You're like, actually it's monk fruit. And you spent a whole minute talking about it and you were completely wrong. But <laughs> ben knows how to get, get engagement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. It worked. Uh, but yeah. And then like, you know, like three months later, we're talking about like, well, what will we think about these ingredients and other ones? So, like mm-hmm. you guys are super like engaging. It's just, you're not, you might just not be at the Arnold or the Olympia doing like the stereotypical stuff, yeah. Uh, which is which is cool. You guys know your value, you know your strengths, and you play to them. So congratulations on everything. 
Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. And thank you so much for having us here. Yeah, this is yeah, incredible. Awesome. Super Thanks excited. for coming up. So uh, big recap at the end here, just for people who are finishing off. Uh, launch of the pre-workout is a big thing to talk about, but also the cans coming. Uh, incredible. Yeah. So uh, hit Vitamin Shop when they're uh, found there exclusively, but also uh, what, JockoFuel.com? JockoFuel.com is, is obviously the best place to shop. You're going to get that one-on-one. We have a great, great customer experience team. We're very proud of them. And uh, so you're going to get the best service there. Of course, if you're looking for convenience, go to go to Vitamin Shop. You're going to find the Blue Raspberry, which is brand new. You're going to find the Nitro Pop, which is exclusive. And you're going to find the Pumpkin, which is a comeback. We had this a couple years ago. This is a comeback, newly reformulated with the Reb M. Very cool. Uh, where can people find you? Um, probably most active on, I'm actually not super active on, on social media like I should be or like I'm told I should be by a lot of people in my network. But um Brian underscore origin at uh, um, Instagram, and then uh, I'm on, on find me on LinkedIn, and then I'm I, I even have a TikTok, but I'm I'm trying not to use it that much these <laughs> days because it's not it's not branded that much. I'm I'm mostly just I can't ignore the the misinformation, so it's a little bit of shit talking. But Brian's TikTok is underrated. <laughs> I found it a couple weeks ago. I was like, holy shit! How was I missing this? Like, just taking down the internet people is great. <laughs> yeah, it's you know and um. It's it, there's just too much out there, so yeah. I, it's one of those things. It's it's uh, it's it's a if I get a brief moment of opportunity, there is just so much information out there to to, to debunk or whatever. So uh, it's a little fun side side quest. <laughs> That's a great way to put this side quest. Side quest. <laughs> awesome, cool. Well, thank you guys for joining in. Thank you for having us. Seriously, this has been incredible. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Really, boom.